deep in London's beating heart lies a wall A locked door it be if you know the call For if the wall steps aside, be not afraid of what you see Cause the wizard world has opened up as has the Griffin. Hello everyone and welcome to The Shrieking Shack This is a Harry Potter reread podcast for lapsed fans I'm your host ZZ And I'm Liz And Liz, we have made it this is episode 100 of the main episodes. I guess it's more like episode 140-something, probably, if you take the uh, the common room and stuff into account. But hey, 100 main episodes. That's that's pretty amazing. It's very powerful. I, I feel very proud, although I will say my first, like, my first idea for, like, what am I going to do for, like, a 100th episode, like like comparison celebration type thing sure and i was like what other things that are really famous did not make it to 100 episodes at first i was like how many episodes of buffy are there 144 it turns out <laughs> yeah and then i was like and then i was like well how many episodes of tng are there? and then of course like, all right there's like 26 episodes per season that was like 190 episodes or something right um but we now have more episodes than early edition that is just a crying shame, if you That's, ask me. You, you, <laughs> there should be more episodes of Early Edition, if you ask mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have more episodes than Dads on Fox. Now I'm thinking of just all canceled sitcoms. Like I'm like, we have more episodes <laughs> than that one sitcom they tried to make um, from Chandler uh, from Friends. Oh, not the... as not as Chandler, but Matthew Perry, the actor. Right. Wasn't there also a Joey spinoff where he like went to L.A. or oh, something? Oh, yeah, we definitely have more episodes than that as well. Did that even have one episode? I think it had a season. Okay, because I remember, I remember seeing ads for that, but I don't think I ever, ever saw it, like an episode or anyone talking about it or anything of the sort like that. Here's the thing about us, though. Yeah. Um, no one can stop us. And, That's the, right. and the thing is, is that some, someone had the power to say, Joey, stop. No more. <laughs> no one has Are that we... power for us. No. That's the thing. I, I was thinking the other day about how it's so interesting and I feel very blessed to, to that things have turned out this way. Right. But like early on, before we started like the Patreon and stuff, we were mm-hmm. like, let's I don't know, I'll reach out to Audible or whatever mm. and see if we can, you know, maybe we'll do some ad reads for that. Oh, yeah. We don't, ha- we don't have to do that shit. We don't have that. We don't have that. Uh, and We don't have you know, sponsors, which means also that we can say whatever we want. We, we can say whatever <laughs> no we like. no one can stop us. We can say whatever crazy shit we like. Uh, uh, see, we Joey, can... Joey couldn't even say shit on the NBC show. That's it was right. Prime time, and we prime... can. Yeah, we can say whatever swear words we like. Uh huh. As many times as we like. Uh, we can we can go off on our favorite political topics whenever we like. Right. Uh, no one's gonna pull. No, no one's gonna pull their sponsorship. No. Well, I don't know. You know, if 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 we say something that upsets a patron, which I hope we have have never had happen. Uh. Uh. You know. They, they can pull their $3 support. But, like, Audible's never, you know, Audible's never going to send me an email that's like, hey, you said that uh, Hunger Games was, was doo-doo on, on, the, on the podcast, and you mm. can't do that because we sell, we sell Hunger Games. Like, I don't, I, I don't have to deal with that. And that, that feels very blessed. We, I, so thank you to all of our patrons for keeping the show afloat for 100 episodes mm. of, uh, of us being able to say whatever we want. Yeah. 
have you got have you got your like beverage spread going today? I've already had it with the common room. Um, I had some cinnamon black tea and a kombucha that was jalapeno, cucumber, and kiwi flavored. Oh, huh. That sounds (laughs) like, okay. (laughs) I I love that. Oh, that was, that was a confused, uh, for sure. Yeah. That, that's kind of like halfway between like a, like a, like a gross, uh, and like an genuinely Mm. interested, uh, cause here's the thing. I, I'm not a jalapeno fan generally. Oh, is it the, is it the spice or the flavor itself? It's the flavor. I like spicy. I do like spicy like, food. Do you like other hot peppers? Mm, I like chili peppers. Um, and I like you know I like I like, I like chili flakes. I like uh, I'll I'll deal with a red pepper um, in something. But okay, jalapenos... how about how about non-spicy peppers? Like, do you like bell peppers? Do you like poblano peppers? Uh, poblanos are all right. I don't like green peppers. Uh, I'm 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 kind of picky with peppers. I'm a picky pepper person. Okay, there we go. Got it. Yeah, but uh, but jalapenos I've just never really never really been into. But those other two flavors sound pretty good, and I can almost imagine those three things working together pretty well. Because there are definitely things I like that have individual ingredients that I don't like. Right? Sure. You know, like that. That's 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 normal. Um, so I, I, I'd give that a try at some point. There's, there was that cucumber Gatorade that they had a while back that was pretty mm. good. Uh, cucumber and water, pretty good. Classic. I, I typically don't like sweet drinks very much. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I typically go for the flavors that are more savory. I guess hmm. savory is not the right word. A touch of umami. Ooh, that does sound good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that. Um, yeah, well, I think you definitely have the better beverage uh, out, of, out of us here. I mean, like this, I will drink this, but this, I mean, this just tastes like a small Coke Zero, you know, so. Yeah. But it will get me wired up to read the news, uh, of which we have a little bit of, um, maybe some timely stuff, because it's, of course, uh, Valentine's Day is coming up. And uh, Harry Potter Wizards Unite has a new update that I would not have given a second glance Except there's a little there's a little bit of a, a a treat in the patch notes here. Ooh. Okay. So, actually, honestly, the patch notes in general are incredible. If you so do you, do you remember there was that thing a while ago where people were like, uh, uh, reading the Sims patch notes out of context. Yeah. How, this is almost that level to me that's great so along with the new event that they're doing for valentine's day there's some patch notes here deflect the advances of a variety of love-stricken oddities increased sighting of three-headed dog azkaban escapee vampire and werewolf vampire you say vampire you say hello uh and uh here's the one that really really made me interested Mm. uh be sure to protect cherished memories of Wizarding World loved ones that include Minerva McGonagall. Oh. Are we going to see the Dougal story in 3D? <laughs> That's what I want to know. I, I think that Dougal has been forgotten um, by the fans and by the makers of Wizards Unite. I'm going to assume it's going to be um, her husband who died to a plant attack. Oh, of course. Post much much later. Post Dougal. Well, wh- this this is interesting cuz I don't know I don't know how canon 
uh, Hogwarts mystery is supposed to be. I'm assuming not very. I think it is supposed to be canon. Is it real? I mean, yeah, I guess it's kind of got like Tonks and Bill and Charlie at school, right? Like, so they, they went that far. But like, the thing that's interesting about this is that McGonagall's story, like, just makes no sense now. Like, we, she was in Fantastic Beasts, and that completely threw the established, already fairly wonky timeline completely out of out of whack. Yeah. And I'm very curious. I'm What I'm curious to know is if this will, like, incorporate that? And, like, is, is the Fantastic Beasts thing now, like, a solidified, like, okay, this is now a retcon. She was at school longer than she said in the books. This is just how things are now. Or is it going to clash with that? I'm very curious to see how they handle that. I, I think it. I think that the way they're going to handle it is just movie canon versus book canon. Mm. But what? But what canon is is uh, Hogwarts mystery following? Book. Uh, yeah, maybe. The designs are very movie inspired. I don't know. I don't know. I'd be. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be very curious to to look this up when it comes out. I, I think that it's time for me to jump back on the Hogwarts mystery. Uh, playing wagon. I started I with jump on too, and I had nowhere to go with that. Yeah, well, I'm I going th- to start playing Hogwarts Mystery again. I just scrolled down, and I think you might be right because there's there's something else here just for you. Hmm. Uh, starting on February 25th, uh, you will be able to put memories of tragic romances to rest, including Severus Snape and the Mirror of Erised. What? <laughs> and what? I I don't understand if these are two separate statements or if that's one statement. There's no comma here. It must be two separate. Are, are are we sure? Are we sure that we're not well, gonna No, I'm not sure of anything. Severus Snape looking into the mirror of Erised and going, damn. Just saying damn. That's it. that's all he's gonna say. That makes sense. Um, but I wanna know if that's if that's what that means, or if that that's like Severus Snape, comma, and the mirror of Erised. As two separate events, I'm very curious. I think you might. I think you might need to be our crack reporter on this. Uh, on this topic. Yeah. Although now I'm extremely confused. Is this Wizards Unite or Hogwarts Mystery? Because I'm not playing Wizards Unite. I will tell you that. Oh, this is Hogwarts Mystery. Oh, okay. Wait. It just sounded like a Wizards wait. Unite. Oh, this is. Oh no, you're right. Oh, this is tragic. Oh, this is. This is Wizards Unite. I'm a fool. What's going on in Hogwarts? The art at the top of this article is Hogwarts Mystery. That's why I'm getting confused. That's fair enough. They they have they have fucked me over here. No, I got I got to play the story game. I'm not going to play the walk yeah. around and find Snape in a bottle <laughs> game. <laughs> Snape and the Mirror of Erised. A new right. a new item you can find. Yeah, no, fuck that. I'm not playing Wizards Unite. Uh, I. Okay, in that case, I have no idea what is going on in uh, in 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 Hogwarts mystery. That's that that is a mi- so that that is the mystery for you to investigate. Jumping back in is what are they doing for Valentine's Day? Right. Yeah, I will. I, I will have to da- re-download that one. I can't believe that Game Rant would do me like this. They put, they put the wrong art at the top of this, but it is it is for Wizards Unite. What when ha- when has a Website with the word rant in it. Ever steered us wrong. <laughs> Fair enough. Oh, all right. I got one more piece of news for you. Yeah. This is from Delish. Uh, 
this is uh i'm assuming this is bustle for food i've i i that that's kind of the vibe i get from this website but they have something very special for us this week great these harry potter wine glass stickers are a fun diy project <laughs> The magic of Harry Potter transcends generations because everyone loves imagining what a world with wizards would be like. <laughs> Damn, it's true. That is really true. I that feel is... like we never quite get at that part of it often yeah. enough. That is that is too true. <laughs> There's Harry Potter merch out there for everyone, but these Harry Potter stickers that are meant to help your DIY wine glasses are the perfect amount of clever and cheeky. The sticker pack is made by an Etsy shop and is a set of seven stickers that is sold for $8 before shipping. Each sticker comes with a different sassy and wizardly saying. There are four stickers that are in honor of the different Hogwarts houses with sayings like, I don't give a Griffin Tam, I don't give a Raven Crap, I don't give a Hufflefuck, and I don't give a Slither Shit. To top it off, another one of them says, not today, Mugglefucker. I feel like I have been here before. <laughs> we have been here so many times. We keep coming back here. <laughs> what does it mean? This is ring theory in Why real life. Why are we here? Oh, uh, okay. My favorite. So my favorite thing about this version is that I mean, like, as the article says here, uh, uh, um, you know, they're all in the Harry Potter font. They've all got a clip art picture of a snake or a badger or whatever the fuck on them. My favorite thing about this one is that they are spelled wrong. Uh, the not today muggle, muggle fucker one is missing a C, so it just looks like muggle fucker. And huh. I kind of want that one. I kind of want the one that's that's spelled wrong. Interesting. Um, which to me implies that despite the fact that, um, you know, this is like the 10th article we've read with all this shit. Mm hmm. Is someone making these from scratch every time? Like I was, I had assumed that p these were just being, you know, stolen, regurgitated, and, and and just like repackaged over and over and over again. But this one missing a letter implies to me maybe this is like a a cursed idea that is being implanted in people's heads and is just manifesting in the same way each time. I think it's possible. Like like someone just has this horrible idea completely independently and it's like i have the greatest idea i'm going to put i don't give a raven crap on something and sell it on etsy um and 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 maybe maybe they just arrived here without any any prior interaction with those other articles we've read on this i'm really stuck on another detail of this mm. what part of this is diy Oh, I guess these ones are just stickers. Is get, it, oh, is buying a sticker and putting it on something <laughs> on a wine glass considered DIY? DIY? Well, here's what I want to know. I want to know what the process actually is because at the very bottom of the article here it says, according to the instructions on the Etsy shop, the whole process of sticking them onto the glass only takes 15 minutes. What do you mean only? I've Those never... are some very carefully placed stickers. Yeah, I have never in my life taken 15 minutes to put a sticker on something. That is that is breaking out the ruler and making <laughs> sure that your sticker is perfectly, perfectly symmetrically placed. Yeah, with the other glasses, I suppose. That's, yeah. That is... 
that is dedication to the craft that I do Absolutely. not I do not have when it comes to stickers. Well, maybe you have maybe like you have really nice wine glasses, and you're like, I spent a lot of money on these wine glasses. You think I'm I'm gonna just just slap a sticker on here without breaking out the ruler? <laughs> you think I'm just gonna throw any old sticker on here? Absolutely uh, not. The other two stickers in the set are a little more low key. One is a twist on Hermione's iconic quote that says. It's mimosa, not mimosa. And the other throws it back to the first book and reads, I've drank nine and three quarters of a bottle. What? Throw it back to what? The first book, I guess, because platform nine and three. But but also the Leviosa, not Leviosa thing. That's also the first book. Yeah. Nine nine and three quarters of a bottle. That is too many. That is a lot of wine. I get, and 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 hopefully you haven't because you've got to but you've got to be you sober gotta go to, to the put hospital. These, <laughs> you've got to be sober to put your stickers on the wine glasses. Oh yeah, because those are some nice wine glasses, and you don't you don't want to mess them up by <laughs> by misaligning your your stickers on those. You don't want your stickers to, on your wine glasses to look like shit. So so drink the wine after you've put that on. Right. There. Well, that's all the curse news I have for this week. It is time for episode 100's chapter reading for the week. I don't know what to think of this one. This is, a, this is a weird one. Let me refresh my memory of what's in here as I read my summary of chapter 18, which I did not write down the chapter title of. Something about birthdays. Birthday surprises. Birthday surprises. I, I didn't know what to what to think going in, and I still don't know what to think. Um, we start off at the top, and Harry is expositing to Hermione and Ron separately about the task that Dumbledore gave him to talk to Slughorn and find out what, what the heck are those horcruxes about. Um, Hermione thinks that Harry should form a plan. He's going to really have to think hard about this one to figure out how to get the information from Slughorn. Uh, but Ron thinks that um, Slughorn just likes Harry so darn much um, that he could probably just ask him after class and he'd just tell him. Um, Hermione is kind of separately frustrated and mentions that that she's shocked that she's never heard of these before and Harry's a little let down as well. Um, we we go into potions class um, and, and they're assigned a task – um, in potions that is basically like Harry can't use the potions book to to cheat, right? It doesn't it doesn't have there's there's kind of no way around. You got to um, show your work. You got to show your work and you have to understand what you're doing there. Like um, it's kind of like a chemistry assignment. Like I think this is really common in like high school chemistry, which is where you get like a mystery uh, like solution and have to figure out what it is by doing various things things to it but this one is like it's po- it's a poison and you have to figure out the components of the poison and then brew an antidote um harry is like realizing that everything is coming crashing down around him he can't he can't cheat on this one um hermione is very pleased uh that that harry can't cheat on this assignment uh and ron is kind of bummed out because he can't copy harry's work he's kind of like desperately trying to figure out what to do. So he's flipping through through the prince's book um, and he sees that uh, the writing in the book says, just use a, a bizor, bizor. Um, and so Harry in desperation runs to the cabinet and grabs a bizor. Um, and when Slughorn goes around to check everyone's work, 
he presents it. And Slughorn pauses for a second, but he does that teacher thing where he's like, ha ha, that's so clever. I'm going to give you full points. Um, Hermione is so pissed and Ron's pretty unhappy as well about this. Uh, but Harry uses this opportunity to kind of corner Slughorn after class, who's still just kind of laughing at what, what a cheeky little guy Harry is. Um, and Harry uh, asks him about Horcruxes. Um, Slughorn immediately, his demeanor changes um, and says like, oh, Dumbledore put you up to this. Um, as you saw from the memory, I didn't tell him anything. Get out of here. Never talk to me about this again. Uh, and Harry leaves. Um, in the coming days, uh, Slughorn does kind of go back to normal, but there are no more slug club meetings. Um, and Harry kind of suspects that Slughorn's putting on an act and doesn't, doesn't really want to have a meeting, um, because he doesn't want Harry to bug him anymore. Um, Hermione kind of talks a little bit about, again, about how she, she looked up Horcruxes in the library and just couldn't find, couldn't find a damn thing except for a reference uh, to them in like the nastiest book in the school and that even the nastiest book won't even talk about them. Um, we have a scene um, where they're uh, doing apparition lessons um, and we meet kind of the, the teacher uh, who, who is going to teach them and the lesson is kind of this like vague determination thing where they get very little instruction other than like the three D's of apparition and just try really hard and do it. Um, Harry uh, sees that Malfoy is kind of arguing with Crabbe and Goyle during the lesson. Uh, and so he uh, like takes the place behind them to listen into what he's saying. And Malfoy says something along the lines of like, I'm not going to tell you what I'm up to. I'm not going to tell you how it's going. You just have to like keep keep watch for me. Harry interjects um, and, and her Malfoy is, is not looking, looking so hot and like goes to attack Harry, but the lesson begins. So, um, so he can't. Um, Harry kind of takes that moment to resolve to watch Malfoy on the Marauder's map and track him down uh, while he, while he sees Crabbe and Goyle uh, looking out, but is disappointed to see that in the coming days, uh, nothing, nothing really looks out of the ordinary. Um, it's Ron's birthday morning. Harry got him some gloves. Family got him a watch. He's, they're kind of in the, in the dorm room and, and Ron is going through all his presents um, and Harry is, is distracted. Um, Ron eats a chocolate cauldron and suddenly is in love with Romilda Vane. And Harry puts it together that Ron must have, um, have eaten a, a love potion laced chocolate cauldron that Romilda gave to him from a long time ago. Um, Harry tricks him into going to Slughorn's office uh, to get an antidote. Um, Slughorn does, does brew the antidote and Ron is fine. And Slughorn says, well, um, you know, what Ron needs is a, is a pick-me-up. And so he pulls out some mead that he was intending to give Dumbledore for Christmas and forgot. Uh, Ron takes a drink first after his love potion ordeal. Harry realizes it's poisoned when, when Ron starts to choke. And so Harry, remembering the potions lesson from the first scene in this chapter, uh, reaches into Slughorn's potions bag which i assume is supposed to be like a doctor's bag uh and he's still carrying around the bezoar that harry gave him in class and he shoves it down ron's throat that's the end of the chapter i have a bone to pick with hermione in this chapter oh where where did her like good teen drama instincts go 
Mm. She was she has been on fire for the last couple of chapters with the Ron stuff. Right. But it's definitely soured here. And it's like not and she's 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 lost her mojo a little bit. She's not doing any interesting dunks on him anymore. She's just kind of being annoying. That's kind of my weird my weird observation for this chapter. She's definitely kind of not we only hear about what she's doing and saying in summary from Harry after the fact. Yes. Because it, because she just shows up to say, I can't find out what these dang horcruxes are. They're not even in any of the books. <laughs> right. But also just like, you know, because because she she was so good at lording it over Ron uh, in the last couple of chapters. Mm-hmm. But here but here she just kind of like keeps on showing up behind them to like to say something rude. And I'm like, Hermione, come on, you're you. You used to plan this out. You used to have have these have these scenes ready to go. It's trying to get a lot of mileage out of making fun of Ron for Lavender calling him one one. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't know about that one, Hermione. I feel like she she could she can go back to the drawing board on these. I think I think if you really want to stick it to Ron, you've got to put a little bit more effort in than this. Maybe maybe consult Malfoy about some maybe sarcastic badges she could make. Ooh. Yeah, or like a sarcastic song. This is this is the origination of a a good Draco Hermione fic. Is that you know there she's so mad at Ron, and maybe she asks him for advice. Like, oh, your insults have been so good, so sarcastic. (laughs) Can you maybe help me out with one? I saw your sarcastic badges, and while I did not agree, I had to admire the craftsmanship. I had to admire your style. (laughs) So I, I can buy. Uh, Hermione not knowing what Horcruxes are. Sure. I think that that part is fine. I think that it is... Uh, th- this This is a weird thing where, like, in this chapter, the Horcrux mystery is now, like, the main plot or at least like like that that is like now finally that is a that is a MacGuffin that we are aware of. We don't know what it is exactly and we have to, to figure it out, right? I... I don't think it's terrible here specifically in this chapter, but mm-hmm. this is such an ill omen for stuff down the road, I think, because this is the only the first and actually probably I, I guess technically like the 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 first of three major plot devices that are supposed to be like known things in this universe that none of the characters know about or have ever hinted at uh right. and it's it's making me nervous reading this yeah i i guess i'm st- it's still so early that i don't know what to think of yeah it like like i think that this one is at least offset by like we we know that slughorn knows something and and knows that it is Bad, we know that it is bad enough that Slughorn would go out of his way to like edit a memory about them, right? Mm-hmm. That part, I'm, I think, is the that is the most solid piece of like that 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 that, that that's like the best way that this stuff has been fleshed out. Um, but I'm very curious to know how once we do get the reveal of what they are, like. Are any clues in the previous books going to suddenly make sense? Are we going to, you know, because it's it, it's like these these are like ancient evil phylacteries, basically, right? Yes. 
Um, well, like 50-year-old phylacteries. <laughs> right, yeah. Um, so they're not actually all that ancient at all. They're, they're, uh, they're, they're relatively modern. Um, but like, they're not, they're not something that is like part of the wizarding world, like cultural sphere. But the problem I think with that is that we barely know anything about like wizarding world culture anyway, and are mostly, mostly have it like given to us by characters saying like, oh, you don't know what blank is. <laughs> and then explaining it to us, you know, just for the first time right then and there. And I'm very like I I can't I I can't say one way or the other yet because like again we haven't actually gotten to the explanation and the rest of this book yet. But I'm like I'm I'm on I'm on kind of pins and needles here, going like ah, like how are how are we getting out of this one? I think it's bad. I think that the, these both needed to spend way more time establishing what dark magic meant in this universe because yes. like I I'm like so confused at the different things I know about it. One, the worst dark magic spell is gun spell. Yeah, gun is the worst. It was demonstrated in front of a classroom of 14-year-olds <laughs> like right. two books ago. Yeah. But that's but don't but don't hear this wrong. It's the worst of the worst. The other thing we know is that like Snape came to school knowing more dark magic than everyone else. I, which is like meaningless. Is that like hexes? Is that jinxes? Is that sword spell? Like what? What does that mean? And isn't that like bad? And like also, it's like this mysterious thing. Nobody knows what Horcruxes are except for Slughorn for some reason, and it's not in any books. But you can also just like walk off of like the main street where the kids buy their school supplies and walk into a store. With right. this full of amulets that just kill you instantly from touching them. <laughs> I just, I, I'm like really confused about what this means. And I know this is supposed to have this weight and this like sinister, like, oh, even the bad guys don't know about this. Right. Well, because, but, but, but like that is also undercut by like, even the bad guys don't know about this because like, why would they care? They already have the gun spell. Like, because right. there's no, there's no sense of like increasing gravity to these things. And I think a big part of it too is, I, I think that this is like a weird, maybe kind of like a, like a cultural hangover or like cultural, like imprint that was just never examined by JK Rowling when she was writing this stuff. Because like, I, I think what the distinction we're supposed to take here is sort of like the, like culturally understood difference between miracles and witchcraft right mm -hmm. like that's kind of what this is playing on mm -hmm. but we don't really know that because we don't know anything about wizarding world theology we don't know what good magic versus dark magic is other than that we know that the bad guys do the dark magic um but we but like we don't know we, we never get any sense of like you know what is the source of magic what is the cost of magic like, magic just seems to be free in this universe, right? Like, there's no, you know, there's no, like, energy exchange or anything like that that you would have in another story that would, like, create stakes or, mm -hmm. you know, uh, uh, weight to this kind of thing. Um, and so the only thing, the only, like, piece of dark magic that we've seen firsthand other than Gunspell is the admittedly very cool scene in um, uh, Goblet of Fire where we see, like, Wormtail cut his hand off 
right? right. And like put bones in a cauldron to resurrect someone. And that's cool and like almost gets there because it's like, okay, I see there's there's a cost to magic, to dark magic. You you have to put blood and, and bones and shit in there. I, I I get that. You've created some sort of stakes. But like the payoff is so muddled because yeah, okay, we resurrect Voldemort, but we also have like paintings of dead people that are more or less alive and a resurrection stone and the philosopher's stone, which would like th- those are like all neutral at worst, right? In their portrayals. Mm-hmm. So it's it, it's confusing. I don't get why why or, or not so much why I don't get what the distinction is like what what is what is truly the difference between dark and non-dark magic in this series and why would you do dark magic if it just seems like there are good free versions of everything in light magic anyway right I mean at this point the the worst dark magic that we like that that a character says is the worst thing you can do also seems like free good magic the gun spell <laughs> right yeah like like i if anything if anything was to be something that is like neutral but could be used very dangerously i feel like gun spell is the most potent one of those right like seems useful to be able to fight guys right mm-hmm. i don't know i don't know if that's like inherently evil um but but like i guess the green the green gun is worse than the torture spell which seems which does seem inherently evil or the uh putting my <laughs> putting uh 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 in chocolate thing which is a spell you learn in school i guess uh, a potion you, you just learn buy in you co- just buy that at a joke shop you can just buy that at the joke store uh, so all of that stuff, the, 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 like, cosmology and the theology of magic is something that I wouldn't even give a shit about if the book didn't keep making it important, you know? I mean, I think the thing that, the, that this is also trying to play with is this idea that horcruxes are, like, obscene. But mm-hmm. it doesn't feel that way because nobody knows about them. Right. No, but, the- no, it's not a taboo. It's not, it's not an obscenity. It is... It is an obscurity. Right. But then it also tries to do the thing with the book where it's like, oh, this is a dark magic book. It has all this nasty stuff in it, but we won't even talk about it. It's that bad. I can't wait for us to get to the actual chapter where Horcruxes are explained because Mm -hmm. there's the there is an interview clip from J.K. Rowling that I've been dying to cover on here. Mm-hmm. Which I, I will just go into briefly as sort of a teaser for whatever chapter it is. It yeah. Is uh, when she says that, like, oh, she wrote out what the um, what the like process for creating a Horcrux <laughs> was, and it's so nasty that her editor vomited <laughs> or whatever. Right. Yeah, I bet. And I love this so much because one, I it's got to be bullshit. I don't believe it for a second. But two, the way the fandom has run with that is so fucking funny. Uh, and and all of them more or less come back to the uh, the theory like, oh, I bet Voldemort had to like jack off when he made the Horcruxes. Or <laughs> like that's all. That's what every single person's conclusion is. Can you imagine being an ed- your job is an editor? And like... <laughs> 
being able to throw out reading something in a manuscript. That must be a really hard job. I just don't think there's. I just don't think there is much in the written word that could make, that could make me physically vomit in disgust, JK and Rowling, certainly not in Harry Potter. J.K. Rowling sat her editor down and was like, "Okay, we're watching a marathon. We're going to watch Saw. We're going to watch Hostel Two, and we're going to watch Salo. And that's what Voldemort does to create Horcruxes." He does that thing in Hostel where he hides under the car and then slices someone's Achilles tendon with a <laughs> box cutter as they walk by. And that is the first step of creating a Horcrux. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I I will save the full interview and like the deep dive into the Reddit theories on that for later. But, but just as a taste, that's kind of been like on my mind as we approach this because it's one of my favorite dumb fandom things. <laughs> It just doesn't make any sense because the dark magic books that we've seen so far, even from book one, like when they had to find the polyjuice potion, like that is a pretty horrifying thing. Yeah. A little bit. And like, and it is described as like that this book has like potions that turn people inside out and like all this stuff. And I'm like, what, what else is there? (laughs) Is that not gross enough? Yeah, like you can't and and it's 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 it we'll get to it later but like this chapter has some stuff in it that's like really horrifying and like a, a kind of a pretty pretty funny like deadpan way that like as much as I enjoy it also undercuts the idea that horcruxes could be just this like terrible nightmarish thing right because it's like they, these characters all live in a fucking tim burton nightmare world all the time right, right. uh so and, and it's it is very interesting that horcruxes are coming up in this way in in a chapter that i think delves into how magic works more than any other yes. ever has in five and a half books yeah yeah the the the, the, the uh, and what i keep circling back to is it's just like this 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 idea that horcruxes are just so obscene and crazy that no one has ever heard of them because there's such an obscenity that no one even talks about them uh and they're just so underground it, it really comes to this very like irl theology idea of like oh the importance of the soul right mm-hmm. but it's really funny imagining like all these all these kids who go to this school who where they learn uh like with there's a library with the inside out gut spell and, mm-hmm. and whatnot and and the thing but the thing that will truly rattle these kids who were shown the gun spell at age 14 uh is is the idea that someone would sell their soul like it's very <laughs> cheesy it's very like like just it, it's very baptist chick tract type stuff to me I wouldn't even care about it if this book wasn't trying to be so damn serious and dark <laughs> right yeah it's so goofy like whatever, of course. Like I, again, it it on it it brings back the stuff that is good about Voldemort, which is yeah. not him being a, a teen psychopath, and <laughs> it's more about his willingness to do anything to live forever. Yeah, that's yeah. cool. Like okay, so he sold his soul for it. Yeah, that, that's I cool. can work with that. Yeah, that's that's a cool villain thing, but it's 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 very. I'm very curious because this is the stuff I remember the least of. I think. Probably yeah. because it's forgettable, right? I yes. think that's I think that's the part. I think that's the thing that's going to uh, uh, become more apparent as as like as I uh, continue reading this. Is like I think I forgot all the stuff about the Horcruxes and the Deathly Hallows for a reason, but I am curious. 
I, I am losing it that the, the actual answer to this is going to be that he did this horrible thing. He sold his soul. The worst thing you can do. It's so disgusting. It makes you throw up. And not, not only that, but he did it seven times. Can you believe it? <laughs> that is so funny to me. He, he, he watched every single Hostel movie. He even <sighs> watched Green Inferno. He's watching so many <laughs> shitty Eli Roth movies. Wow. To do this. That's, that's and, and more than once, too. That's incredible. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, so, so the Slughorn class. Let's, yeah. let's, let's get to, to Harry's, Harry's epic moment. So I liked this scene. It's cute. I, I, think, I think it's one of those things where the scene itself works really well, and then the payoff is a disaster, I think, is kind of where I'm at with this one. Sure. That's fair enough. Um, did you ever do anything like this in school when you were when you were a teen? Oh, absolutely, absolutely not. No, no, you, no, nope, absolutely not. Is this is this solely my story corner then? Yep, yep, absolutely. Okay. Let's hear I, it. I did this. I did this freshman year in college. Um, I was in uh, a class called Art Worlds, which was a fucking nightmare. Um, and I'm sure anyone who has been to college and had seminars in college had the the wonderful experience of being the only person who has ever done the reading in class, mm. right? Um and this this like kept happening in in seminar sections of this art class where uh uh only like five or six people would ever talk out of a class of like 20 something, right? Sure. Um and the professors were getting frustrated with this and they uh, they were like, oh, you know, I'm, we're, we're tired of the same five people always speaking up during art class. We want to hear from more people, which is understandable. But the problem, I, I think, maybe I'm biased here, but the problem was not that, like, these other 15 or so people were being talked over so much as that they were freshmen in college and had been up all night drinking and didn't do the homework, right? That's exactly right. Um, <laughs> so... During one seminar, uh, they announced that uh, what they would be doing from now on is issuing everyone in the class two beans, mm. and and they would pass out these beans. And what kind of beans? They were pinto beans, like dry, Great. just like dry pinto beans. Yeah. Um, and they they would hand everyone two beans, and you would spend your beans to talk in in the <laughs> seminar. Uh-huh. You got to make it count. You got to make it count. You got to make those beans count. And so they did. So the first time they did this, it was a fucking disaster because again, are you this, required to spend the beans? Like you must spend no, your two beans by the, the end part, of the class. That's the part where they fucked up. I think is that that what happened was the same people, me me included, who had done the reading would spend our beans, and then no one else would talk. Mm-hmm. Without without being like, per, you know, prodded by the by the professors. Um, simultaneously to this, our assignment outside of seminar was we were on it. We were in a unit uh, studying uh, performance art, mm-hmm. which I hated, and I I didn't want to do it. And I was like, you know, as much as I liked talking in seminar, I, like I didn't want to do performance art in a college, right? Like I, I, sure. I just did not want to do this. And like the rules were very lax. 
um it was just like you oh you have to do some some get someone taking a photo or whatever of it uh you can do it outside of class or whatever just you need to do this and have this have this experience and talk about it for class so what i did was i went to the food bank at the at the school uh uh you know you know the police station where they had like peanut butter sandwiches oh yeah uh, because we, we we went to the same college there was a police station on campus where you could go and get free food and uh, make peanut butter sandwiches and stuff. And I lucked out one day because there was a bag of beans there. Mm. And so what I did one seminar was I stood up and I gave everyone a huge handful of beans. Uh-huh. And I said that that was my performance art thing. I, I very smugly walked around, was giving people <laughs> huge handfuls of beans and saying, you can talk as much as you want, who gives a shit, blah, blah, blah. Uh, the professors loved it. I got a, I, I aced that one. What, really? Oh, yeah. They thought it was fantastic. They, uh, College I... College is stupid. <laughs> College sucks so College bad. College is stupid, and I'm glad I dropped out. <laughs> it's very stupid. It's very <laughs> embarrassing. I, it, was, it was a very, very dumb move on my part, but it worked, and it was, it was just like Harry's move here. He, he had a... He had an epic brain he blast. Gave, he gave Slughorn a bean and got an A. <laughs> that is that is what happens here. <sighs> oh, it is pretty funny. I like all the stuff about um, Hermione getting mad at him. Hermione. Oh, now get- imagine at, at the end of that class if someone was was choking, dying, and the the antidote was beans. <laughs> wouldn't, wouldn't you feel? Wouldn't you feel pretty smug then, huh? I'd feel extra smug. I'd have so many beans to give them. Right. Yeah, it was uh, it was it was very very silly. Um, but yeah, no, this this scene itself is good. I like I like Harry scrounging for any way to get out of this one. You know, like like it's it's kind of cute watching him flounder. And also, this is a good Snape clue that he completely ignores. Harry's good at ignoring obvious clues in this chapter. Absolutely. He's so fucking good at it. Because as we know, the first time we ever heard about Snape was when he was yelling at Harry about, hey, what does the beeswar do? Yeah. Um, so that's, 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 that's kind of funny. Yeah. Harry, Harry has no moment where he's like, where have I heard that before? <laughs> no, which I guess, I guess is sort of fair. Cause it's, you know, he's, he's focused more on the class, but it, it's, it's a, it's a good scene. Um, I'm, what, what do you think of him? What, what do you think of the whole, like, just going and asking Slughorn this shit after class thing? I mean, he got a free action, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> Hey, Harry's doing stuff this chapter. He does a couple he, of things. They're very dumb. He does a couple of things, um, basically for no reason. I, I mean, it's back to it's back to puppet puppet Harry. I think. Yes, a little bit. Um, the, I don't think was. Do we get a literal like as if as if possessed or without thinking? The words were out of his mouth. Thing. No, no, he just kind of does stuff. He's just sort of dumb in this one, which I, I like more than the, like, like invisible puppeteer stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I just wish there was more consistency. Yeah. But it it is funny that his, he, 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 again, in the same book where he did an invisible front flip into a luggage rack, his best, the best move he can come up with is, like, asking someone directly something he knows will make them mad. Uh, and also looming over Draco and announcing his presence. 
I'd like to retract a statement I made. Apparently, oh. I was I was skimming through because I wanted to find an example of this weird like Harry just doing stuff at random things. Oh sure, yeah. But he does he does notice that Snape mentioned the bizarres. Oh, he specifically says. Hadn't he once long ago heard of bezoars? Hadn't Snape mentioned them in their first ever potions lesson? Oh, so that's just, so that's just, that's just a clue for us. That's a clue for us. Harry does notice that one. Harry does okay. notice that one and okay. gives us a little us the reader a clue. Us the reader a clue that the book might not be his dad after all. Hmm. But it might in fact be his cool teacher, who can fly. Snape is so cool. Snape is really cool. He's way cooler than Slughorn, but I there there is one thing that I I, I, I liked in this uh or I particularly liked in this where he, he said like, you know, he would never dare do this with Snape, like the, the Beeswar thing. Oh yeah. But I don't think that's true. I think he totally would, and I would actually like to see that scene. No, I know. Harry... He he would do that with Snape, and then Snape would give him an F in detention. Like, yeah, that's that's the difference. Yeah, like like Snape Snape would he would absolutely do that with Snape because he's he's also pulled the like there's no need to call me sir professor thing with Snape. Uh, he's 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 pulled some moves on Snape before that have gotten him in trouble. Uh, yeah, for and, sure. And I feel like the Beeswar thing he would have he he would have he would have he would have pulled that on. I think. Yeah. Why not? Why not? He's gonna fail anyway. <laughs> He's going to fail anyway. Um, what I love about Harry's approach here and like about the Horcrux stuff in general is I'm trying very hard to imagine like what the, I wonder what like the parallel in, in, in JK Rowling's head was when she, she came up with this thing. Right. Um, Cause we had that great scene last chapter of him with like the original death eaters where he'd like edited his memory, blah, blah, blah. Um, and like, I'm like, that was great. But, I'm trying to think of like what the what the analog is, and the best I can come up with is like, uh, uh, Slughorn. Did did you sell missiles to uh to Al Qaeda in the eighties? <laughs> <laughs> right, like that's that's the closest thing I can come up with. Uh, is 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 that? Um, but I don't know. I I I don't know if that's a that's that's direct but you know that would have been in the news in in the early 2000s that might have been on for JK. sure that might have been on her mind at that point i don't know why harry just doesn't know what horcruxes are i don't know why that's the... i'm really bothered by this plot line mm. what like like what specifically everybody knows what they are harry just doesn't have information i don't know why they need this information from slughorn yeah dumbledore knows what they are right Yes. Yeah. So what mm, I'm, I'm kind of spiraling here. Just like what, who, so Hermione doesn't Ron yes. doesn't, uh, Dumbledore does, but I guess needs something question mark from, uh, 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 Slughorn on this matter. Uh, Lupin? I mean, like, what? ask any of the Dark Arts teachers that you're on good terms with. Ask Moody, who... Moody loves showing Harry photos of dead people and stuff. Oh, he would be so excited to talk he about this. He would be this. so thrilled. The weakness of Moody is that the worst spell he knows is the gun spell. He doesn't know any... He don't, doesn't know any others. He doesn't know... That's, he's, he, his, his evil points are all taken up by knowing the gun spell. Right. He, but like, yeah, like have have Harry ask around some other characters or something so we can learn maybe some of the like 
why this is a cultural taboo or like that it even is one, right? Because all right. we know right now is that Slughorn doesn't like talking about it. Yeah. I don't know. It's just really boring. <laughs> <laughs> I do like I do like Hermione going into the book Magic Most Evil. That's that's yes. pretty good. Uh, her describing all these horrible books that do terrible, gruesome things. Um, I wanted to I wanted to know some of those potions. Absolutely. All right. Apparition lessons. Yeah. What did you think of this thing? It's funny, I guess. Yeah, Sorry, this book is really boring. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's about as much as I have to say on that. As well. like, it's 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 like not bad. I actually appreciate the um, the way that this this like instructor comes in, who is very dry and boring, and is like not phased at all watching these teens like uh, dismember themselves trying to to like learn how to uh, uh, apparate. It's very funny to me. Like th- this is the wizarding equivalent of the 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 dia the the driving instructor showing everyone the the gory car crash film and mm-hmm. and like you know like the, the, like the, I like that vibe a lot. Yeah. Um it is a weird framing device for this scene with with uh Harry and Draco. I don't know why Draco's just having this conversation out in the open. <laughs> right. At, at this like driving lesson. Right. He's at he's he's at his driving lesson. He's got his he's got his stupid little uh student driver sticker ready and he's you know he's ready for his turn uh uh driving around the 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 traffic cones and mm-hmm. he's just talking about his evil plan with Crab and Goyle very loudly. Yeah, like Crab Goyle, I'm not going to tell you about my evil plan. You're just going to have to do what I say you and it drives me crazy that that is specifically the conversation he's having. Cause like, I, I do at least appreciate, I like that Harry is going out of his way to try and figure out what Malfoy's doing. Right. I like, that yeah. he, I like that he is taking it. He is spending an action. He's using his ult, uh, yes. and he is, he is doing something to try and push this mystery forward. However, it, drives me crazy along with this the uh the snape thing especially now that you've confirmed that he actually does remember that snape did tell him about beeswars mm-hmm. is how many things harry completely overlooks here and this was a huge one this idea that like crab and goyle are keeping lookout and Draco keeps dropping off of the Marauders map, but he can't be leading, leaving the school, huh? I wonder where he is. Harry just forgetting that he spent the entire last, excuse me, spending the entire last school year uh, going to the secret room to do uh, <laughs> to do secret wizard uh, uh, training, and also had to post lookouts outside the room. Then he does not put two and two together there. It's especially funny because this is a puzzle that it, it, it kind of is used to pass time narratively. Yeah. This idea that Harry is poring over the map and thinking about it and and the days turn into weeks and mm-hmm. all of a sudden it's March. And so it's very funny to think about Harry like turning this puzzle over in his head and coming up with no ideas. <laughs> He's just been looking at his stupid map this whole time, watching Malfoy. And also, the other thing that's crazy is I actually had to go back and double check this. But, like, in book three, 
it's it like explicitly says that you like Harry can see what floor people are on uh with the map, right? Right. So he the clues that Harry is ignoring are he needs Draco needs lookouts. Draco is going somewhere in the castle that is not on the map. Huh. Hmm. Hmm. Where could that possibly be? I'm I I'm going to mull over this for four in in game months to I'm gonna think about this in four in game months and not not try to come up with any ideas or any ways to maybe try to figure out the mystery other than doing the same thing that I've been doing for four in game months every night. It's it's too many months for him to have zero ideas, you know? I uh I I just I don't buy it. And I know that Harry is supposed to be a little stupid, and I know that Harry is supposed to be like a little like out of touch with magic world, right? That works for Horcruxes, does not work for Tailing Malfoy, I don't think. He's been in the damn room of requirement. He he knows that you need to post lookouts there. He knows that it's not on the map. Just follow I- Malfoy. <laughs> Just follow him. I don't understand. You have an invisibility cloak. Dumbledore has told you to put your cloak on have your cloak on you at all times this year. You have you have a pass from the god king of the school. Right. To do this. It's very weird. I I don't understand that at all. It just I I'm I really liked this chapter. I'm just going to say it. Oh, okay. Like, I thought it was I thought it was really good. I enjoyed all of the individual scenes. Mm. And I think the weakest parts are the plot. Like it really it really right. puts puts these two plot points up against each other and it's the Draco mystery and the Horcrux mystery and it gives me no reason to be interested in either one especially because it spent the last chapter convincing me not to care about what Draco right. is doing right yes I, I know think... he's doing something evil yeah we we know he's up to no good and we want to see what it is or like we want to see the character learn anything about it right yeah I think that's a really good way to put it like I like the frame I like the apparition lesson thing I especially like the scene like just this this horrible description of Susan Bones, I think, mm-hmm. cutting her leg off on accident while while apparating. Really good stuff. And like the the teacher is just like, "Yep, yeah, that'll happen." Like you gotta you gotta you gotta think yeah, harder. Yeah, that's horrible. It's spooky, and then like it's like that's a that's a good like dark comedy moment. I thought that was really great. And again, like uh, the 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 Slughorn lesson. Harry's the first half of Harry's cool cool guy maneuver of um of of using the the beeswar instead of doing the doing the work like that's funny but then it pays off for him and there's no consequences later right you mentioned that this was a a device by the way used to move the months forward yes to march ron's birthday yes we're on our 100th episode and i thought it would be fun to kind of throw back to our first episode here oh and think about march 1997 which is when this would be taking place okay uh and what what games ron could be receiving for his birthday oh i love this game yeah yeah i'm really excited <laughs> about this okay so because because hey harry does get him a present this year so harry is learning and growing he is he is 
valuing his friends and, and buying them gifts and whatnot. So that's um, a, Harry. Harry bought Ron driving gloves. I just would like to say that. <laughs> yes, Harry. Well, yeah. So so in in the story, he does get him a present, but he gets some kind of a weird like self indulgent present, which is, hey, you're on my Quidditch team. Here's some better gloves. Here's something for for uh, when you're doing work for me. Um, yes. So so not the best. But Ron's birthday is March first. Um, so this would be March first, nineteen ninety seven, that this is taking place. So if Harry was going to get him something new, like brand new from nineteen ninety seven, his options would be Turok Dinosaur Hunter. Okay. Uh, Lost Vikings two. Sure. Mario Kart 64. Ooh. Yeah. I mean, that's that's a fun one. They can grab some friends and play some Mario Kart. Yeah. I feel like that's probably like, that's, that would probably be like the best one Harry could get him, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, uh, he, if, if, but if, you know, if Ron's more of like a PC guy, uh, the first Diablo came out in January of that year. Oh. So that's, that would be exciting. Uh, he could that seems kind of thematic. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. That 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 involves souls and 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 uh, and whatnot. That, that's a that's a good one. He could have imported Final Fantasy VII, although he'd have to play it in Japanese. I don't um, think Harry has that kind of uh, technological know-how. No, I don't think I don't think Harry would do that. I don't think Ron speaks Japanese. Probably not. Uh, just just a hunch, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, if he waited a little bit, he could have gotten him Symphony of the Night. That's March twentieth. Uh, that's, or, a, that's a good one though maybe maybe he gives them like a like a iou voucher right because like cause, when this game comes out i like i'll get it for you because if he waits a bit you know there's some other really good ones there's star fox 64 on june 30th great uh there's goldeneye on august 25th there's some there's some stuff coming out in a few months if if uh if he's patient um of course, you know, Ron might not be up to date on the uh, on the, you know, the cutting edge of games. He might have missed some stuff from 1996. Yeah. Uh, in which case he could have gotten uh, Kirby Superstar. Mm-hmm. He could have gotten uh, Super Mario 64. That's my vote. Is it? Because he could also get Mario RPG. Yes, that's true. If if you okay, you're Harry. You're buying a present for Ron Weasley, your, mm-hmm. your garbage pal. Yep. And you're like, you're at the store and you're like, well, I know he likes Mario. That's a given. Mm-hmm. Who doesn't? Mm-hmm. But do I get him Mario RPG for the tried and tested Super Nintendo Entertainment System? Mm-hmm. Or do I get him uh, uh, Super Mario 64, the brand new 3D platforming adventure? I get him the new 3D platforming adventure, Super Mario 64, because I've decided that Ron, my garbage pal, is not cerebral enough for <laughs> Mario RPG, The Legend of the Seven Stars. <laughs> Why have we got to take turns to fight? <laughs> this is fucking boring. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, he's he's not going to read. He hates turn-based games. Yeah, I, I can see this for sure. I think that's I think that's right on the money. Mm-hmm. He what he likes to do is to run Mario into a wall and press the kick button so he goes woo, and I like, mean who doesn't though? He, he does a little bounce move. Yeah, I I think that's I think that's perfect. I think that's very accurate. Uh huh. Anyway, I just wanted I wanted to. I want, that was I want, really fun. I wanted to do a cute little throwback to the first one there. I love that. Uh, let's talk about this birthday scene though. Okay. Because I think this is like both. Maybe the strongest scene 
in this chapter. And also surprisingly, like I, uh, I, I, I've been, I've been dumping a lot on the love potion stuff in these books. And I still think that most of it has been fucking garbage up until this point. Right. Mm -hmm. But this scene where we like see the effects of one similar to like the splinching scene. I think this is actually like both very spooky and very funny. Like this, this kind of nails it for me in a way that. I love this. I think this is a great scene. I think it's funny. I think it's a little bit sinister. Yeah. You can't have it both ways. It needs to be just this or just the other thing. Right. That's yeah. all. I think it's I think it's as easy as that, honestly. Yeah, it's it's I I I like this part. Like the um the the way that like it kind of creeps up on you in the story of like what's actually happening. There's the like th- this is a finally a like clue that was planted earlier has paid off in like a big way right because we, you know, mm-hmm. we knew about the cauldrons from from way earlier in this book um right uh the harry hat the harry got from Ramilda. um it's a minor character being used in a way that's funny right like mm-hmm. Ramilda vane we've only heard of because of those things right like uh, yeah. uh because we've sort of ambiently heard that she has a crush on harry like this is almost frustrating because it's like I, I know that J.K. Rowling can write a satisfying mystery, right? Like, mm-hmm. here's one right here. A, a little, some clues kind of built up and paid off at the exact right moment. Mwah, perfect. Chef kiss. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and and Ron's actual reaction is very, again, like you say, kind of like kind of funny, kind of sinister. Uh, it it's 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 good. This is this is spooky in a in a really fun way. I also think that this is kind of the best of Harry's characterization. Like, this is the kind of problem solving that I want to hear hear and see from Harry, which is just his ability to kind of improvise. Yes. Yeah. I guess. And he improvises and has to lie to Ron and be like, oh, Romilda Vane, she's uh, at Slughorns. And mm-hmm. Ron asks why. And he has to be like, uh, she takes uh, extra potions lessons. <laughs> right. Her. Like, it's just, it's cute. And that's, these are the kind of actions that I like to see from Harry that aren't front flips right yes this is this is this is good stuff because like i I, I, again similar to like talking about the cauldrons in general this is so frustrating because it it really shows how strong harry's characterization can be even operating in the sphere that we often kind of joke and complain about which is him Mm -hmm. being kind of dumb and reactive right Uh um but you can write a good character who is dumb and reactive uh and him being able to sort of think on his feet in a very reactive way here is fantastic. Uh, mm-hmm. Cause he's pulling, you know, he's pulling from stuff that he already knows. Like he, he had to take remedial potions last year. That was, his, that's an excuse he's already used for himself mm-hmm. before. So he's not, yeah, he's, he's, he is kind of like free associating the excuses here. Yeah. Uh, uh, and it's it, like, it, it's clever. It's pulling, it's pulling from stuff that Harry would know he it, it it um it makes his reputation as someone who is like a good like leader and stuff uh, more believable because you know if you are on your Quidditch team or whatever uh, if you're on Harry's Quidditch team and he's the captain his ability to like think like this on the fly probably 
helps a lot, right? Like that's that's a skill that's transferable to to sports. So it's like, hey, sure. here it is. Here's Harry's character. Here he is. I understand him now, as opposed to the rest of this chapter where he's sort of like just going up. He's sort of like walking up to people and asking like, "Hello, have you heard of?" I'm looking for some sailor. I'm looking for Horcruxes. <laughs> have you heard? Have you heard of Horcruxes? Like just like walking up like Shenmue, uh, right? Uh, and 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 like kind of blather blabbering at people asking for the next the next clue please mm-hmm. um yeah and then, and while he does that which and he he does and he solves this problem successfully but we also see him like not being very sensitive like one of the things that happens is that they go past lavender and ron tells her like oh i'm looking for ramilda vane and harry doesn't care about that right <laughs> he's kind of like haha yeah, yeah, harry doesn't take any time to explain like oh he's he's drugged or whatever he's just like here we go like (laughs) which is very funny and probably uh he's probably dooming ron's relationship there himself i i I assume that's that's what is the beginning of the end because that makes sense yeah so so yeah harry is solving the problem but he's still leaving a lot of collateral damage around him and it is also Mm -hmm. sort of his fault in the first place because we do know that he suspected that these things are spiked right uh, yeah, that was like his first reaction to them. But he just kept them around instead of throwing them away or destroying them or whatever. Um, <laughs> so this is sort of his fault. Uh, and I, I, I really like this part. I was I was so shocked because I was like bracing for this a little bit. Mm-hmm. Given how bad and nasty the, uh, the the like love potion stuff has been up until this point. But this is a good moment where that like the the level of like creepiness here is like appropriate right like yeah these things are fucked up uh and 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 like being drugged is scary right like it's it, it works here yeah and I, I do i do still kind of appreciate and i guess you described it as like being in a tim burton movie where it's like kind of fucked up sinister stuff happens but it just kind of is the world they live in. Yeah. Ron is just like, oh, yeah, I could use a pick-me-up. Like, this isn't serious. But this book just has a tone problem because you can't have have this work and have that tone work and then also put it in the serious story about Voldemort's origin. <laughs> right. Like, like, we have this running parallel to, like, the serious serial killer story. Mm-hmm. Which is really funny to think about. Like, like might as well be two different novels at this point. Yeah. Uh, uh, but yeah, the um, uh, uh, this and and I think I alluded to this earlier, but I think that this does unfortunately all fall apart once we do get to the um, uh, the Slughorn part, because yeah, here's the problem. We I I like Harry's uh Beeswar gamble. Yes. On its own. Uh-huh. I like Harry thinking on his feet. Uh-huh. Uh and and like bullshitting his way through solving this Ron problem. Mm-hmm. What I think feels way too pat and way too much like Harry is just like getting out of having to be served any consequences for how he behaves is like uh uh slughorn makes makes them the the love potion antidote gives it to ron 
gives him the mead that he's been saving. It turns out to be poisoned. And like Harry leaps into action because he just remembered the bezoar that he gave Slughorn last week, finds that and saves the day once more. Really amazing that Slughorn was carrying that around with him, huh? <laughs> right. Here's... In his like doctor's bag that I yeah. guess he has that we've never seen anyone like we don't see our the one other potions master <laughs> that we know of have with him. It's not like, oh, here's Snape and he's got his doctor's bag with him. Right. Here's the thing. If you were going to do both, I, you, you can't do both these scenes. I, I think that one, I think one scene successfully paying off the other here mm-hmm. is bad. Like it just does not serve the story well. It just makes all these characters feel like they're skating by without ever having to face any consequences. I, I think it feels really dissonant because this is the point in the story where us as as readers of stories and, and feeling like we know how these things go, mm-hmm. this is the part where he's supposed to be punished. Yeah. This is the punishment part where it's like, oh, and Slughorn has, says like, oh, Harry, brew an antidote. And he's like, I don't know how. Exactly. Um and so it ends up like I you get this weird cognitive dissonance reading it, and it isn't the kind where it's like, oh, this this story subverted the expectations that I had. It's mm-hmm. just it just feels lame. It just feels like it's extending that punishment out to for even longer, right? Mm-hmm. And the weird part is that I think that this could have worked if if these were all the same scene. Mm-hmm. Um, if Harry had like dragged Ron to Slughorn's office without having already done the epic bezoar maneuver earlier. Mm -hmm. And then like either flipped through the book or remembered like, Oh shit, what about bezoars? And having that impress Slughorn there, I think that could have worked. Right. Mm -hmm. But Harry has already like cashed in his, uh, his free action as we keep saying, right? Like, like Harry is already, he rolled a nat 20 on the bezoar thing right. uh, and, and, and succeeded in, in a very stupid way. And him doing it again here is just kind of boring. Like it's like something very scary and dramatic happens and it just fizzles out like, nope, done. Cause we, we have the magic antidote stone here. So I guess this isn't the problem at all. Actually, it just, it's undercutting itself in really strange ways. It, it makes me think about the luck potion a lot. Yes. And trying to piece together if there's a theme here. <laughs> and I don't think there is, because I don't think it's trying to actually say anything. I'm not saying that a theme has to say anything. Right. Let me back up. I feel like maybe these scenes were written with the luck potion in mind, but was not used as the device for the scenes. Mm. And so they're like weird artifacts of... Harry doing really lucky stuff. Yeah, I can see that because it. We still have not seen anyone actually drink the Felix Felicis. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. It is mentioned in this chapter while Harry's like rifling through his bag for the Marauders map, and I almost wondered if like, oh, is this going to? Is there going to be like a, a a reveal after this that he like drank some earlier, and that's why all this stupid shit is happening and paying off. But I don't think that's the case because I think I think what what happens is he drinks half of it to talk to Slughorn, right? Mm-hmm. And then he keeps yeah. it until book seven for something else. Um, and like, yeah, if this if this was a uh, if there was going to be 
a discussion or like you know if the characters were gonna like philosophize about like the nature of luck after this right Mm -hmm. it might make sense to have just these absurdly coincidental things pay off for harry here but as is, I think it just feels unconsciously like Harry is getting lucky because he is the protagonist. And not in a, like, metatextual way. Just like, no, he is the protagonist. Ron can't die here. Uh, right? Like, <laughs> uh, uh, he, has to, he has to put a stop to this with his, with his Beeswar knowledge. It's just... It just... It really... It makes me try to grasp for something that I don't think is there, which is, I, I just keep going back to like, is this book about like the nature of randomness that like, mm-hmm. yeah, like you, you can roll nat 20s right. you yeah. know, 20 times in a row. And what does that mean for the world? Especially in this world where you can take a potion and it makes you lucky. Right. I think that's really interesting. Yeah. I don't, I don't think that's what's happening here. And it, it, it's, it's especially interesting because it's, it almost has a really interesting, um, like like parallel thing going on here with the apparition lessons which are super vague and like the only thing that the teacher can tell them is like oh you have to be determined and you have to like you have to just think real hard about it and like like so they they have a teacher who is telling them the secret right mm-hmm. in a world where luck potion is also real and no one can explain really in concrete terms how to not splint yourself while apparating you just kind of need to believe that you don't right so it's almost like a perfect image for this and i mm-hmm. it, it, i think it is missing felix felicis as a red herring even here mm-hmm. right like like it it's uh like all the all the pieces are here for a really fascinating little like short story i guess about like what is the nature of luck in a world where you can literally quantify it, right? Uh, and and make a potion for it. Uh, it could be super interesting, but I, I I don't think it gets there with this, and it just kind of feels like like a weird status quo reset with no consequences. Yeah, I think that's the real problem. Is that they're really like we? I I think that. There could be an interesting thread here, and it's a thread that runs through all the books, and it's that Harry's lucky, but he's yeah. also unlucky, right? He's lucky He's lucky that he can beat Voldemort, and everyone thinks he's a hero, and he's not. He, it's just really happenstance, right? Yeah. But it's also pretty unlucky, because his parents were killed by Voldemort as, you know, because of a random prophecy, and it could have easily been Neville. So so the ideas are there. The, the thread is there, but nobody that experiences consequences in this story matters at all. And yeah. so it ends up just feeling really frustrating. But it isn't a meditation on frustration right. or randomness. Yeah. So yeah, it's kind of a bummer. It just drops it on the ground, I guess. Yeah, I, I, especially, cause, especially because we know that the chosen one thing ends up being real, right? Like, mm-hmm. like this is... Uh, this is a problem that this story is going to wrestle with is like, like again, like we don't know anything about like the theology or of this world, but we do know that Harry does end up being some sort of chosen one, which makes this stuff feel 
lame, I guess, because it's like, okay, well, is is he just destined to to luck into everything for his whole life? Like, that's actually potentially pretty interesting, right? But that's not what the story's about. It's not. It's not like One Punch Man. It's this isn't like a meditation on like what it's like to be invincible or anything, right? Like, it's just. Mm-hmm. It's just uh, uh, Harry could be the chosen one, maybe, who knows, until he is, and it matters, because he has to, because he has to defeat Voldemort, and that's that. Right. Yeah. It's it's just a little little muddy, and it's frustrating because it's using such interesting stuff. Yeah. It kills me that this is the first chapter where we have gotten any um, impression of what the, like, internal thoughts while doing magic are <laughs> yeah I, I swear that's relevant but it's just like when when we're talking about this like the, the what the broader like what what is harry potter about right mm-hmm. and so far all the magic has just been you say the words you do the right motion thing happens it's completely free and then all of a sudden we have this weird scene where they're doing apparition and it's all about just like this internal life but we get no idea of whether that is similar or not to any magic that they ever do right or if it's even like true right because the the teacher's instructions are so fucking vague like there's a there's a little bit of like um like the the old art tutorial goof of like step one draw a circle step two draw the fucking owl right like mm-hmm. like that, there's a little sense of that in the apparition lesson stuff which I found really funny and and I I like the idea that maybe in this world everyone is just sort of like bumbling around with like you know build building a building an entire society based on something that they don't quite understand right. Is is this what all magic lessons are like? Is this unique? Do we have quantifiable ways to explain how to do gun spell? I guess we I guess we know that we have to truly oh, I hate guess someone. That's the, that's the only other one that is that way, right? Is the three unforgivables that are like you, you have to mean it you if ha- you're doing yeah, it. Yeah, you but have to truly no, hate. But are the good free spells like like I guess the other class that we've seen is Wingardium Leviosa, and it was all about how you pronounce the spell, but not like. <laughs> right. do, you, do you really want to float that feather? <laughs> you have to really visualize. You have to hate that fucking feather. Right. <laughs> yeah. No, we have no, and, it, and it's again, there like so many things in this story. It both doesn't really matter, but it kind of does because so many things are hinging on this, right? And like that's that's like the eternal frustration with Harry Potter that I think this chapter is maybe one of the best illustrations of so far is this mm-hmm. weird push and pull between like I appreciate not knowing, but the story is forcing me to ask questions so I can know things because that's the only way that like these mysteries and this plot is paying off at all. I guess I just really it it forces us to grasp for meaning. Yeah. In in a story where I'm pretty sure it, it is just a question and answer. What is what is Draco up to? He's making a cabinet so the Death Eaters can come to the school. What what are Horcruxes? Oh, they're the MacGuffins. And so it makes it makes you reading it want to find any kind of meaning <laughs> that isn't that. <laughs> yeah. And it's so everything is so fractured and random and just 
for a benefit of a singular scene. Yes, that that's I think that's I think that really gets to the heart of it is like I love hunting for meaning in bullshit, right? Like yeah. that that's fun. That's half yeah. of the fun of reading. What are we doing here? Yeah. <laughs> that is our entire <laughs> we are we have, been, have done hundreds of, or exactly 100 main episodes of hunting for uh, uh, for meaning in bullshit, right? Fucking uh-huh. love that. I could we could talk all day about this to each other probably. Yeah. The part that makes it difficult here this is really difficult to, to, to difficult to phrase cuz like you there are, you can find a lot of meaning in bullshit that was never intended and that still has value right there's lots uh, of t- 10 10 reasons 10 10 times in harry potter um, <laughs> it proved cancel culture is bad <laughs> right right but like you know i i you know i don't uh i am not a religious person but i love reading about theology right yeah cuz there is something there maybe sometimes the what's intended by the people who wrote it and sometimes just like things that are interesting about reading uh, interesting about learning about old thought processes right Mm -hmm. like like there there are many ways that can be interesting what is frustrating with this chapter and so often with these books is that jk rowling is so good at just like the veneer on the top of explaining a cool world Mm mm-hmm and like, oh, what you know, what what could all these things mean? What is this society like? What is this culture like? What is what is the cosmology of this bizarre, magical world that we're getting more and more into as we uh, as we you know read these books and the stories get more complex and layered and adult or whatever, however you want to describe it. But what <laughs> what what is so frustrating is that unlike so much other stuff because I know who JK Rowling is and and like she has such a like constant presence looming over this series, right? Mm-hmm. And always will be. It it is so like defeating to to read this stuff and like like pick out these interesting pieces and be like, "Huh, I wonder what that means." And know deep down in your heart of hearts that what it means is nothing. The the the, the answer is it wasn't thought about. Not only was it not thought about, like thinking about it only makes like is is just like tugging on the strings of this like sweater and it's just connected to so many other things and it'll all come crashing down if you think too hard because nothing was really planned out this way nothing nothing was meant to have any meaning outside of serving the mysteries and damn the mysteries are not that good <laughs> right they're not very well structured right, at all right so. right 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 that is the thing is is that a I, I think about this a lot because, you know, uh, people who listen to the Common Room episodes know we have spent a lot of time poking around on having fun reading the world building subreddit, mm-hmm. which is a which is a delightful board to visit because it, it is, you know, comprised of like people who are like, hey, I made a map of my country. Tell me if it's good or not. Or like, here is right. my impenetrable diagram of like how the elves in my fantasy story work and like that stuff is all meaningless without context right yeah but it would be so good to like i I, i'm still fascinated by that stuff because like like in a lot of stories that stuff is my favorite thing is thinking about like why a map is the way it is or like thinking about why the the magic in the story is the way it is Mm -hmm. and in harry potter 
it it always just circles back to because it needs to be that way for the plot. Whereas I think what a good piece of world building does is that the plot is enriched by the world around it in the story rather than the world building being the scaffolding keeping the plot together. Yeah, although I would argue that it's kind of a top-down, bottom-up sort of thing. Like, mm. I think that if you really have a damn good mystery and some damn good characters, then the world building can completely serve that. Oh, and yeah. And can only, like, like, do that if it's kind of on the, the fringes, I suppose. Mm -hmm. But I I just think that the story's bad <laughs> i, I, I yeah. don't i don't think the plot is that compelling a good a good story is a good story set anywhere right right um and uh, and like the purpose of world building oftentimes is to lightly provide context or to like serve as like you know flavor for that story right mm -hmm. um but that can be really enriching and here it's just like if, if you if you chase any of these rabbits you're going you're going nowhere because it's uh, uh it it like none of that uh none of that was like intended for you to look at which is frustrating because some of it is pretty interesting sounding right like like there's there's a lot of magic and stuff in the story where I'm like damn I want to know more about that and you look it up and either the answer is that's the only part that ever happened and it doesn't matter and there's no there's no thematic reasoning for it um, mm -hmm. And there's no literary analysis of it. We we are on the front front lines, I think, of like literary analysis of Harry Potter in 2020. <laughs> like, I don't, I there, we are not the first people. There there are tons of books in like the early 2000s and stuff, and and papers and stuff. People doing Marxist and feminist and and so many different kinds of readings of Harry Potter, right? But I think now in 2020, we might be the last people waving that flag. Um, uh, oh, definitely. Because <laughs> uh, <laughs> because so much so much of like Harry Potter critiques these days are just like like what what's the what's your favorite part of the story? You know what 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 which part do you like? Why in? Um, yeah. And I I don't I don't think that that goes anywhere. Um, but the uh, I think the strongest thing I'm I'm going to come away from is that come away with uh, uh, from, from, from doing this is not only do we know that the fandom f like resists literary analysis tooth and nail, right. Mm -hmm. As we yeah. have seen with the muggle net situation, as we have seen with uh, like, you know, just and, and pick any Harry Potter fandom drama. I um, mean, it is considered to be an enemy of fandom, right? <laughs> Right. Yes. Yeah. Liter yeah. Literary. Excuse me. Literary analysis and criticism, uh, is is considered like anti fandom, which is insane. Uh, but um, I I think that what we are going to learn is that not only does the fandom resist that, but I think the text does it as well. I I, I truly feel like this text often is like maybe not consciously going out of its way but sure sometimes feels like it like like it is just trying its damnedest to defy any possible interpretation other than the most literal like this is how the mystery is set up analysis that's wild right <laughs> maybe i'm going way way off the deep end here maybe this is completely galaxy brain but like i think that this is 
like I think that this is a a a interpretation of Harry Potter that I am I am getting closer and closer to, which is that, like outside of the most basic like it is a there's a mystery each book and Harry is like a a, a a like Christ figure. That's it. That's all you get. There's nothing here. There's nothing there's nothing here to analyze. <laughs> there's just there is just J.K. Rowling's mysteries and all of the frustrating things that she peppers things uh, peppers the story with that could be really interesting yeah it definitely wants to coast on the meaning that it established in like the first book right and it just it feels like it is just losing it the more the more words i read <laughs> right the, the 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 more fleshed out the plot is the less the and like the closer we get to the end the less of a chance there is for like some transcendent beautiful meaning to pop out of this right like the i think the closest we'll we'll, we've ever gotten and maybe ever will get is the two the the two scenes i always think of one obviously mirror of air said all timer could Mm -hmm. could just be a short story on its own and then two the scene where harry and ron and hermione are running away from the death eaters in the woods of the quidditch world cup in book four and they like yeah. come across all those bizarre and like increasingly sinister scenes there, and like yeah. oh the world is the world like that, that's like the loss of innocence moment for the story like the, that is the story going through the woods and coming out and and becoming murkier and creepier and and like like more evil or whatever however you want to put it like I I love that part has not lived up to that since then for sure well that's that's my uh, Harry Potter rant for the. For the- for the week. I think this is good. We're on our hundredth episode and we have refreshed our thesis. Yes. Six books later. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think it's I think we're in a good place to be. And and here's I will say this, because I think I sounded more down on it than I really am. Uh this just makes me excited to read the rest, right? Cause because we've we've said a few times like we are truly in the woods in terms of what we remember from this series. Mm-hmm. Uh you know, like like I've said, like I imagine the reason that I don't remember Horcruxes or the Deathly Hallows very well is because they don't fucking matter, and they're, I've forgotten them for a reason. <laughs> but I am, I'm, I will say this: I am not just open to; I am willing to be proven wrong. Right? Wouldn't I would, that be great? I would. Right? Yes, exactly. I would love to get to a, a chapter in this and just be fucking blown away again, like I was with with uh, Miravera said or something. And just like, damn, this has layers. This has meaning. Uh, this has the whole shebang. The whole this has the whole spread. It has subtext. It has has meaning. It has symbols, characters, and themes. That's what we love here. That's what we love here at the Shrieking Shack. And we've loved that is a that is a whole meal. <laughs> we love a whole meal. We love a three course meal of of themes, characters, and facts. That's right. That's right. All right. Uh, anything else you want to discuss on this chapter or should we take a break? Uh, I have one more thing. All right. Let's zoom. I Hell know yes. that was a big zoom that out. That was a big old thing. zoom out, but let's do it. Yeah. Let's zoom in. I want you to get out your, um, magnifying glass mm-hmm. and tell me whether or not you think that Ernie McMillan is now a homophobic joke in this in this book, oh. because here, listen, remember a few a few weeks ago, mm. I was like, "Why did they reintroduce Ernie McMillan?" And Harry thinks he got pompous over the summer. What the hell does that mean? 
And then in this chapter, he did a little pirouette and looked embarrassed in apparition class. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. That's What do you think of that one? Because both of those things sure stick out to me as, uh, frankly, bizarre inclusions that make no sense and don't matter to the story at all. <laughs> yeah. Is that Ernie McMillan is gay now? Yeah. Like he, there... came, he came back from the summer and he's gay? Yeah, o- I... over the summer he discovered musicals. Or something. Yeah. That's kind What's of the gag they're, they're going for there. Yeah, I, hmm. I had not. I did not pick up on that at all. But I am now on. I am now fully alert. I am now. I am now on full Ernie, Ernie mode. What? I don't. I mean, he could never come back again. I just would like to read the line. Ernie McMillan, on the other hand, this strain apparition lessons had gone on. On, done a kind of pirouetting leap into his hoop and looked momentarily thrilled until he caught sight of Dean Thomas roaring with laughter at him. Yeah. Huh. The. The I think so. When I first read that, I didn't. I, honestly, I like my my eyes glazed over the <laughs> names uh, of yeah. of the characters in that scene. Yeah, because these are characters we don't know or care right. about. Um, the way I interpreted that was he didn't. He he didn't think he had done a pirouette. He had thought he had apparated, is kind of what my guess was there. Mm. Like like oh, he looked really thrilled. He thought he had apparated, but really he had just done a silly looking jump. But I think he might be onto something. But- I mean, maybe that's just, maybe that's completely crazy. But I just don't know why this character would be introduced in those two ways, like reintroduced as a new character. Yeah, yeah. Like he's he's back. He's he's weird now over the yeah and he's doing yeah was it mm. was it not Ernie McMillan that was pompous? No, Ernie McMillan was pompous in earlier in this book. You're yeah that was we I think we discussed that even it's just like was that we I, did yeah it was like was that his character before? I just want to make sure that I didn't mix him up with another character. Yeah, that we don't know. I'm, but I'm pretty sure it was him. I'm doing I'm doing another I'm doing the. Uh, the other, sir. I'm doing the other check here, which is checking Google. I'm searching Ernie McMillan gay. <laughs> Hold on here. Resu- we're zooming way in here. Mm. Okay, so it was Ernie, just to be clear. Just to be clear, it was he, he was. He was, yeah, I just realized I could search my Kindle app. Yes, he was. He was the one, and it shows up because I also had that highlighted. Okay, well, I have a mystery. We have a mystery on our hands here because. On the wiki, Harry Potter wiki page, and as we know, Harry Potter wiki is bad, has done nothing but get us into trouble in the past. However, in the Google preview, we have we have something that seems very enticing that is not actually in the article. has been edited out of the article when I actually click through. Ooh. But here is a sentence that, that the Google preview brings up when I search Ernie McMillan Gay. Justin and Ernie McMillan were close friends during their time at Hogwarts. Due to this, it has been suggested dot dot dot. <laughs> That's where it cuts off. <laughs> I think that they were only shown as friends in book two, and only because it was for Justin Finch Fletchley being like, oh, I'm Muggleborn. <laughs> right, yeah. Um, there are also plenty of uh, 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 Justin Finch Flexley slash Ernie McMillan and Ernie McMillan slash Blaze Zabini fix on uh, uh, um, Archive of Our Own. So uh, fair enough. 
Good for them. Uh, so who knows? Uh, I'm I am now fully alert. I'm 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 on my. He's on my radar now. I'm adding him to Ginny Watch. Ernie's on the radar. Ernie is on the radar. Uh, along with Ginny, uh, uh, we will we will find out what the rest of this character's uh, appearances are like because that that is interesting. I did not I did not pick up on that. But you're right. He's 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 reappeared. He got pompous, whatever that means, and he's now doing pirouettes and looking very pleased with himself. So, uh, yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Is what I will say right now. It's just an odd recharacterization. Yeah. For a character that is not a character. <laughs> All right. Uh, I'm gonna let that one sink in for a bit while we take a break. What do you say? Sounds good. Hello, everyone, and welcome back. This is our 103rd segment. Uh, it's oh, also- oh, our 100th third segment not our 103rd segment <laughs> 103rd se- yes no this is our 100th third segment thank you yes um and it's also an episode we are recording on the eve of everyone's favorite holiday valentine's day oh is it yeah right yeah, I, oh who who even knows <laughs> it is yeah tomorrow is valentine's day romance uh, is in the air romance is in the air uh the sonic movie is coming out uh that and that'll 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 knock some socks off for sure yeah i think so um but i figured we could celebrate both of these things at once with a return to what i think might be both of our favorite uh uh uh, formats for the third segment here we're going to the confession booth i love the confession booth (laughs) right it's the best and we have so many romance-related confessions to go through today. I, that doesn't surprise me. I'm sure that I have plenty of Harry Potter-themed romance confessions, although I will be keeping them to myself. <laughs> uh. <laughs> well, maybe maybe you can at least uh, give a shout-out if anyone here shares shares any of yours. I will not, but okay. <laughs> Fair enough. Okay, mm. shall we start? Shall we Shall we just get cracking? Yeah, let's do it. All right. I had such a huge crush on Bill Weasley when I was reading the books. His whole ponytail, fang, earring, rock, clothing, <laughs> curse breaker thing was just so attractive and endearing on page. Not to mention that he seemed like a genuinely nice guy. No offense to the actor who played him in the movie, but he seemed a bit too mellow and didn't possess the raw awesomeness Bill from the book had. Fiction is so amazing. Fiction's powerful. Let me powerful. just say that. And I also think the human brain is powerful. <laughs> it, is, is, it is very funny to me hearing this because I am just imagining this person reading the books in which I think Bill Weasley appears for maybe two or three scenes and probably has a maximum of five lines. I And they're just, and they're just spending the time reading this book being like, damn, Bill Weasley. He's so hot. I love that guy. 
I have such I mean, a crush on Bill Weasley. I mean, I will say, from what I remember from Bill Weasley's introduction in three, is it three or four that we get the scene with him? It's four, right? Where they go to the I borough. And J.K. Rowling, I think, has a crush on Bill. Because if you remember, he's described, he's described like even Harry thinks he looks cool and handsome. Right. Yeah, because that's one of the ones where it's like Harry accidentally has a crush on Bill Weasley. Right. Yeah, Harry, like, Harry notices. Bill is cool and hot, and he has yeah. really nice hair. Yeah, he has really nice hair. He has cool boots. He has a lot of piercings. Like, Harry notices Bill way more than he has ever noticed, like, Hermione or Ginny or, uh, like, Tonks or even, like, Fleur, who is, like, canonically, like, she has, like, succubus powers, right? Like, right. Uh, uh, but we just hear, like, oh, they're pretty. And they have nice hair or whatever. But Bill, we get, like, the whole shebang. Um, so maybe maybe this uh, maybe this confessor is, uh, is, like, on the same wavelength as Joe here. Yeah, I mean, I also think that just, like, when Harry is such the, the let me say, player character of the Harry Potter series <laughs> that I could see picking up on, on one of those that Harry notices, which also makes me realize that Harry really is just kind of playing a dating sim with all of the Weasley siblings. <laughs> yeah, he's playing, dream, he's playing Dream Daddy, but it's all, all Weasley brothers. That's powerful. Mm-hmm. Um, I think my biggest... Like, like I, you know, hey, it, it takes all kinds out there. What I love about this is that this person sp- fell in love specifically with the book description of, of Bill, which <laughs> if you go back and read it, I think the kindest thing I can say about what is being described is that he sounds like he is just the main guy from the cyber goth uh, uh, underpass dance video. Yeah. Uh, which is, you know, that, hey, that's a look. Um, but, but that's kind of like, that's how I imagine Bill is just like that guy, but with red hair. Just saying a lot. It's a lot more alluring when you're 14. (laughs) That's true. That's true. That's fair. All right. Uh, so I'm, I'm going to say not, that can't be a sin. Uh, but I think it might be a little bit of a sin to be rude to the actor. Uh, in this case, because because yeah, he didn't give like get a whole lot of opportunity to like show his stuff since Bill only has like two <laughs> scenes. Yeah, he gets like probably a combined thirty seconds of screen time. Maybe yeah. there's more of him in book seven because I know that there's the wedding. Yes, and they go to like their their summer house or whatever with him and Floor. Um, so maybe we'll maybe we'll see some more of him. Maybe we'll end up agreeing that like, hey, sure. Uh, uh, he didn't. He didn't rise to the occasion of playing Bill, that character we know and love. Have but, you ever noticed that the into all the Weasley brothers are written as if they are the characters in a dating sim? I'm I'm just realizing this now. I'm also just realizing this now, along with you. But I think that it is an amazing description. Like they are all archetypes from a dating sim. They're all the kinds of guys. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah, we, you, so you have Fred and George, they're like the trickster brothers. And yeah, then all- and they probably are a little bit different, right? There's a Fred route, there's a George route. Yeah, well, there's also, like, I think the thing, like, speaking of actors, I think a thing that we often forget because, like, the the actors in those movies are so well-known mm-hmm. is that, the, like, Fred and George are supposed to be, like, bigger than the other one, the other Weasleys. Like, they're right. always they're always referred to as, like, stocky. Yeah. Uh, and, and like a gorilla or whatever, right? Uh, so like they're they're kinda like the big they're the big boys. Great. Of the family. Yeah. yeah. Hell yeah. 
Um, then there's uh, then then you have uh, Bill, who's the rocker guy. Yeah. You have Charlie, who's like, what is it? I actually don't remember how Charlie is physically described. Uh, oh, is it Charlie who has the ponytail? No, that's Bill. Because Bill has the ponytail and the fang, fang earring. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so Charlie, I actually just straight up don't remember. But he, but he's he's got like the mysterious job. Or yeah, no, Char- he's, he's like mysterious. No, Charlie- Bill has a mysterious job. Charlie works with dragons. He's like the cool... He's like I, I he's like cool and buff and he like hangs out with dragons, right? Like that's I, Yeah, but I think he's kind of I think he's like cool and buff for sure, but he's definitely like the sensitive archetype cuz mm. he like really like likes animals a lot mm-hmm. and connects with them more than people. Mhm. Mhm. He he wears he wears the sweater to Christmas that's for right. sure. That's right. Um and then you've got Ron who's the shithead. Ron's just the childhood friend. Right. He's like the he's like basic. <laughs> he's basic your entry guy. into this world. Uh, yeah, you get that route over with like first. Yeah. Uh then then you have uh, uh uh Percy who's like the nerdy one. Yep. And then where does where does Ginny fall into this? Girl? <laughs> Girl. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that Girl is character. Her, that is her character in in the book too. <laughs> I know. Girl. <laughs> Oh my god! Yeah, well, actually, no. You're actually you're totally right because you know how a lot of dating sims that have that are like mostly like male characters uh-huh. uh, will they will have like one girl character just in because like usually these are a, like aimed at women, right? The one I'm yeah. thinking of right now is that phone one, Mystic Messenger or whatever. Oh sure. Where. Like all the characters are boys, but like there's like the secret route or whatever where you can date your the the lady friend, yeah, who, who's like 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 piloting you through the whole thing. That's Ginny. Like I said, girl. <laughs> yeah, Ginny is gr- <laughs> Ginny is just girl. Yes, perfect. <laughs> okay, yeah, no, I'm fully on board with this now. Weasley dating sim. I know we've talked about Voldemort being in a dating sim. I think because of his sweatshirt from from movie five yeah um but the weasley dating sim i'm i that's my new vision of them when they cry weasley rashi that's right (laughs) okay this is actually a really good uh a good uh confession to read right after that one oh i guess we 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 determined that that was not a sin right just just rude to the brother all fine yeah all fine uh, after seeing Crimes of Grindelwald, I ship Vinda Rosier and Queenie. Reason one, they are both gorgeous. <laughs> Reason <Wait>. two. <laughs> Reason two, Vinda is a French lesbian. Reason three, they both have great style. Reason four, they are just great together. Who? <laughs> who's, who's, Vinda, the, who's the French lesbian? Vinda is the 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 goth lady who hangs out with uh, Grindelwald and has the skull bong. Uh, did she kill the baby? Yes, I think. I mean, I don't think this is a sin either. Like, here, wait, I'll here, I'll I'll refresh your memory. Here's a picture of her with the skull bong. Uh, that one. Oh, that's Vinda. Sure, sure. What's the problem again? Vinda, Vinda and Queenie. Yeah, sure. Why not? I, I mean, I, it I makes just, total sense. Queenie goes over to their side at the end of the movie. I think. I think we might have actually had this theory. I think. I think we might have predicted once upon a time that the third one would have them like, like, hate kiss or something 
because they're fighting over Grindelwald or some shit. That sounds like something we'd say. That sounds. <laughs> <laughs> I think we might. I think we might just be this confessor. Number one, <laughs> we, might, we might be. Yeah. Reason one, they are both gorgeous. Reason two, <laughs> he is a pendulous man. <laughs> I love. I, these are great categories for shipping. Absolutely. Uh, all right. Let's move on to. Hinny and Jiley are my all-time OTPs, and it upsets me to see so many of you hate on them. You canon ship your non-canon ships without denying that they make great couples. Now, the reason I picked this one was not because it was particularly interesting, but because I think that they meant to say you cannot ship your non-canon ships without denying that they make great couples. But they put, you canon ship your non-canon ships. I did not understand any of those words. Okay, so Hinny, I think, is Harry and Harry Ginny. Jiley. Jiley. Is that James Lily? Yes. James and Lily. Okay. So your OTPs are just the canon ones, which is kind of boring, I guess. I mean, hey, like what you like, but but I, I, I. I, it is. I, I think that I think that they are trying. I think that they. I think that this person might feel a little oppressed for liking the canon ship, which to which I will say, hey, it's canon. It's in the damn book. You got what you wanted. Uh. So 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 lighten up. Sure. I. I know that technically a canon ship is a ship, but it doesn't seem like a ship right. to me. It's yeah. just the book. That's yeah. Like that's just the story. I think. Right? Like, you can't... I, I don't think you can put that on the same level. It, it it becomes different because if the story is ongoing, like, say, you're a Raylo and you want to get Raylo in the third movie and it hasn't come out yet, so mm-hmm. you don't know if it's going to be good or not yet. Um, once it's over, it's no it's longer over, a ship. Once it's over, it's not a ship. It is what happened. Yeah, I would agree I think that's that. probably technically not true, though. Because ship is just short for relationship, Right, right. So I, but I think that like, I think, I think you're right. I think when, when, I think when, when you generally, when you are talking to people about what shipping is, you are talking about a story that is either ongoing or like has no, like, so, so, okay, let's, let's, let's hash this out. Let's, let's talk the, the taxonomy of shipping. I think that real honest to goodness shipping discussion happens around stories that one like you've already said stories that are ongoing and you're waiting for the conclusion Mm -hmm. two uh stories where you are not satisfied with the canon like pairings right right or not even that you're not satisfied like just just thought experimenting like what if so and so got together instead right sure then three stories where there is no like canon pairing off of characters right like mm-hmm. just, like there are just it's an ensemble cast but like there's no explicit anything it's just it's just like a grab bag of characters yeah i think those are i think that's i think those are the three pillars of shipping uh i think that if you are an honest to goodness shipper of characters who in a canon story get together you're just you just like the story as is, which is great. Like, I don't think that that's lesser, right? But I think that's a different thing. Yeah, although I guess if you were writing a story and it is a Harry Ginny romance story, you would still say I'm writing that ship. Oh, that's true. 
Hmm. Hmm. It just seems like we're talking about three different things when we talk <laughs> about ships, which makes this confession really hard to parse for me. I'm going to declare this one a minor sin. I'm just going to say, like, look, you, you, you don't need to complain about this. You won. You know, you got, you got what you wanted. Those are the relationships in the story. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that, that's, that's how I'm going to go with that. One. You're just kind of bragging. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Be happy with what you have. You won. Right. Okay. Let's move on to the next one. I've <laughs> I've starting to ship Lavender Brown with Charlie Weasley. I don't like the fact that everyone hates her just because she was a stupid schoolgirl. I think she changed after the war and then somehow end up loving Charlie because he had no prejudices. <laughs> what? Is that his character? <laughs> no prejudices? <laughs> Yeah, that's why I chose this. I really am fascinated by the characterization of Charlie here. Do we know that about him? What do we know about Charlie? We we know that Charlie works with dragons. And I guess that requires a certain level of open-mindedness, right? Like like hey, I'm working with the most dangerous animals, but they're not so bad, right? Like that, that maybe they're extrapolating from that. But like do we see him at any other point? What does Charlie appear anywhere else? Not that I know of. I don't think he does. I think Charlie Charlie is kind of just an enigma in this whole series. He's 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 just kind of like the other brother. I would he, argue that Lavender is as well. We don't know anything about her. Yeah, we know that Lavender has kind of like uh like she she behaves kind of childishly. Uh and also the other thing that we know about her is that she is like fifteen. So Kind of, we really so don't give really, her a pass on that. Yeah, exactly. We we will <laughs> we we will allow her to to be a teen and behave like a teen while she is a teen. Uh, I think that that makes complete sense. Um, so these, I guess, I guess in some ways it sort of makes sense that like, yeah, I ship these two complete blank slate characters. Um, I will say that I think the age difference here. I I, I guess they're saying after the war. If it's after the war, okay, she's graduated, she's an adult, that's maybe a little less bad. But I thought Charlie was like 30 or something. So maybe no, still a little I, weird. I think Charlie graduated the year before Harry. I don't I'm not very good at that kind of math. Hold on. <laughs> so Charlie was 17 when Harry was 11. 11. So if we assume that Lavender was also 11 cuz they're in the same year. Uh that would mean that if she graduated school when she was 17, he would be 24. Right? Yeah. So not not the worst, not great, I would say. Maybe. I mean, just just down the road, you know? We yeah. don't know. We don't we don't know. Just down the road, yeah, yeah. At some point, uh they 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 linked up and were like, hey, we're both kind of background characters, and I have no prejudices. <laughs> His famous, his famous line. Okay. Yes. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough to that person. Next. I have shipped the real Percival Graves and Credence Barebone ever since I saw the first movie. Colin Farrell and Ezra Miller's chemistry was lovely and sensual, and I think it's implied Ooh. Credence knew him before Geller impersonated Percival. I really hope they bring Colin back regardless, but it'd be brilliant if my ship becomes canon as well. I don't think that those movies imply anything. There's no; those movies have no implications whatsoever. 
Do we ever see the real Percival Graves no, in that film? No, I think as far as we know, he is dead. I, I don't think we ever see a non-Grindelwald's Polyjuice one. Um, do you think that Percival Graves is similar to Fake Moody, written the same way where we know that that wasn't the real Moody, but his character is still just the same. Like, That's like Barney Crouch Jr. did such a good job imitating him, pretending to be him that we might as well consider that to be him. Yeah, I think that that's fair. I, cause, I mean, because it basically is just the Moody plot again, right? Like, like it is it is a recycled storyline for sure. Grindelwald and um, Barty Crouch Jr. both very good method actors, and I feel like there's just like a lot of creative potential in the villains of Harry Potter, similar to how um, a Greyback is like a skilled improv performer. <laughs> mm-hmm. I want to I want to see like a heist movie with all of these characters uh pretending mm-hmm. to be other people. Right. Uh, I have another um I, I this this is me extrapolating uh from this confession. This is just me looking at this picture and thinking of other ways that this ship could like pan out and I just want mm-hmm. to send you this picture and I want I want you to tell me whether I'm onto something here. I similar to how the, our previous uh, confessor was talking about how they ship uh, Vinda and Queenie because, one, they are both gorgeous. Right. I w- might go as far as saying I could see someone shipping uh, Credence and Percival because they are part of the worst haircuts in the world club. <laughs> <laughs> Look, what is... Okay, I remember Colin Farrell being pretty, like, handsome in that movie. But yeah. what the fuck is going on there? Why? It's unfortunate. It's a really bad haircut. In this shot, I feel it like it looks like he could have a rat tail. Like if he turned, <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised to see a rat tail. There. I think the part that I'm focusing on that's really disturbing me the more and more I look at it is I like I get what they're going for, and I think that it might look better in other scenes in the movie where they're, they're, they've given him like the one on the sides and everything on top, right? Yeah, yeah. But but it is driving me crazy. You see that they've like missed a spot on the <laughs> side. Like, mm. where his widow's peak starts, right? Right. And that is, like, there's, like, a, there's like one inch of sideburn still there. And it's driving me crazy in this picture. Yeah, it's, it looks it's, like a little worm. It's <laughs> <laughs> no, that's Credence. Um, mm. Yeah, but yes, no, there's, like, a little, there's, like, a little, just a little patch of, of non- top hair there that is very <laughs> bad and it's so what, so what you're proposing here is the credence percival graves romance au uh what if they met at the worst barber in new york city <laughs> <laughs> they met they met on a forum for people who cut their own hair right <laughs> we don't need we don't need it's a scam Haircutting is a scam we don't need anyone to cut our damn hair that sounds great. All we need is each other. That's true. All right. Uh, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say that one's a sin purely based on those haircuts are dismal. That's... <laughs> we'll cut each other's hair. <laughs> Fuck. Next up, Harry Cedric is the most realistic slash ship for Harry because Harry was actually attracted to Cedric in the books, and Cedric has got all the character the, all the qualities harry admires in a person i don't get why it's not a more popular ship compared to others in an au situation where ha- where cedric doesn't die 
This is half wrong, half right. Yes. Yeah, Harry is attracted to Cedric. The yes. wrong part is that he is attracted to many characters. He is attracted so, to nearly every other male character purely because I, the gaze yeah. that the book has. Yeah. I, I reject the premise that it's the only realistic, what Quote does unquote, that mean? Right, yeah. Flash fic in the in the series. Yeah, I I I've certainly th- this this person is is wrong that Harry Cedric makes more sense than any of the other ones, but they are onto something here uh noticing that uh Harry is attracted to every other ma- uh major male character that appears. Right. He calls them handsome and calls them tall and and admires their cheekbones and stuff. I would also like to zoom in on the part where they say has all the qualities Harry admires in a person. Mm. What are the qualities Harry admires in a person? Can you, off the top of your head, tell me (laughs) what does Harry admire in people? Handsome. Good hair. (laughs) Smells good. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess Cedric does have all those things. So great. So fair. Okay. Fair play. I will, I will, I will, I will, uh, I'll allow that one. I will say not a sin, but, Follow that thread uh, and and discover that this is not due to uh, Cedric making more sense than any other character. Right. Next up. I'm really upset that people can ship things like Drapple and Ludding. What is Drapple? I was hoping so badly that you would know what the fuck Drapple and Ludding are. How is, well, how is the other one spelled? Not Drapple. Uh, L-U-D-D-I-N-G. I assume we're just gonna find some heinous shit, right? Is that Luna and someone? Oh, I mean, Drapple is a joke ship from the apple that that Tom Felton takes a bite out of in Prisoner of Azkaban. <laughs> what? So someone is taking something a little too seriously. Okay, what's Ludding then? Luna and Pudding. Which I think is based also on... another joke. So yes. Are these two jokes? Have I? Am I? Okay, I'll read the rest of this, and can you tell me whether I've just been wholesale hoodwinked, or uh, or if this person is is crazy? Sure. Okay, I'm really upset that people can ship things like Drapple and Ludding, but God forbid somebody else in the fandom ship Harry and Hermione or Ron and Luna because they will be ruthlessly attacked by the fandom. Why can't people just ship what they want? Question mark. Um. I agree. <laughs> so I think it's a mix of both. I think that someone is, I think that this person has misinterpreted the jokes about Drapple and, and Ludding and, 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 and they don't realize that they are just, those are just like joke ships, right? Right. And that people are, that I don't think that they realize that people are not earnestly shipping Draco and an apple um, and that this, that this is part of making fun of shippers. Uh, and and this is all wholesale, and just ignore those people. It's- I will say that I think that looting, looting is more of a joke ship than Drapple because the Drapple is coming from the idea that Draco was super duper hot when he took a bite out of that apple. <laughs> I can't read the word Drapple without thinking about grapples, mm-hmm. and so I think we need to move on because I'm just gonna I'm gonna want to grapple by the end of this. Sure. Here is the next one. I find Sanguini incredibly attractive, and I would let him bite me wherever he wanted. Sure. Now, here's the thing. I would like your input on this. I did not realize that Sanguini made an appearance in the movie. Oh, really? Yeah. I'm Mm. quite disappointed in 
this apparent sanguinity. <laughs> <laughs> Why is he wearing Jack Skellington's suit? And what's going on with the whole rest of that situation? Uh, I guess the time that that movie six came out, um, vampires were just really, they were a hot commodity. Yeah, not this one. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I, you know, if, if you like close your left eye and just move your head so you can only read the like part of this confession where it's the text, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm fully on board and support this person. If I, if I reveal, if I open my eye and reveal the character they're talking about, I am just confused. Yeah, it's not the actor's fault. I don't know why no. they put him in the in in those clothes. It's it's really the clothes here that are that are he he looks like a member of One Direction who fell into like the costume department at like a, a <laughs> kids show or something. Like those are that's his vampire uniform. That's his. He's a, I was about to say pinstripes. But those are not pinstripes. Those are just stripes. Those are just stripes. Those are just stripes. Uh, he appears to have a, a pocket watch chain very low on his on his uh, uh uh jacket there and he's also wearing is that just like straight up like chain ne- necklace yeah chain necklace chain necklace i d- i will say i do appreciate the batwings bow tie collar thing happening. oh is that what that is yeah because it's, it's i just thought hard. he had i i didn't see that it had the shape of batwings and i thought he just had an enormous collar no because it's kind of confusing because if you see Oh, this is this really it does entirely come down to the clothing. The the costume department really screwed this one up. Okay. His jacket has a collar, as you can see. Yes. His vest also has a collar. Uh-huh. And then he's also wearing this bat collar. Yes. And he has a normal, like, straight tie. Yes. So he's and he's wearing a chain. And he's wearing around a his chain neck like a necklace. necklace. So I would say pick one of those things. And and just to be clear. By chain, we don't mean like a necklace no. that is a chain. That is a we chain. Mean, we mean like a cartoon chain. <laughs> we mean right? like, like he's, <laughs> he's he's wearing a bike lock around his, right. his around his neck. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I. Oof, that is a really unfortunate sanguini. I'm disappointed. I'm disappointed in this movie already. I will tell this confessor that they are not attracted to Sanguini, they're attracted to the idea of vampires. Yes. As was very popular at this time. And, and there is no shame in that. Absolutely not. There is absolutely nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. All right. Next. I hate people who ship problematic pairings, like Drary or Jermione. That's the problematic pairings they think of? Right. So, so <laughs> I, but here we go. Harry and Hermione value themselves too much to forgive someone as gross as Draco, and it does so much harm in real life. My best friend's boyfriend cheated on her, and she forgave him. I'm sure she would have broken up with him if there weren't so many shippers who support such unhealthy relationships. I knew it was the shippers' fault. (laughs) I knew it was Drury's fault. I knew that Drury would do this. If Drury didn't exist... This would never have happened. <laughs> huh. Yeah. Interesting. I <laughs> look. Now now did this person um with their friend, did their friend forgive 
the boyfriend after cheating and then say, like, I'm imagining this scenario and it's like, no, don't, don't go back with him. He, he cheated on you at the arcade in the mall. I saw, I saw him making out with what, what's, what's her name. You can't, you can't go back. And then the subject of this confession was like, no, I read in Drary, in the Drary story, uh, the snare, the, the, the Drary trilogy right. or whatever that, that when Harry went back to Draco after he cheated and it, it all worked out. Yeah. Is that what happened? I mean, we, we, we can never know. Maybe I, I feel like that's the only way that this post makes any sense without just being like aimlessly taking, taking their very, you know, their earnest frustration out on a random thing. Right. I like, that that's just such a weird conclusion to jump to. What like you know? Does this friend? Did this friend? Sh- were they a dreary shipper? And and they're like, hey, like you, they, I'm noticing a pattern in the way that you uh, uh, treat fictional relationships and relationships in real life. Or is this? Do, do we? We don't even know if this person that's being spoken by of here even knows what Harry Potter is, right? Hmm. Like, we, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't think that's fair. I don't think that's fair to anyone in this scenario, frankly. No. It's, uh, yeah. I I don't think this is Drury's fault. And not, yeah, I'm, I, I, I don't think this is Drury's fault. I think that, uh, I, I think that, you know, that, that sucks to hear, but, uh, but I don't think you can pin this one on Drury. And I think it's hilarious that, like, that I had that same reaction when I first read this one. I was like, "Is that the? Is that really the most problematic ship you can come up with?" Yeah, no, I, <laughs> I slipped up trying to say Drary and said Snary, and that's way worse. That's Maybe way this worse. is Snary's fault. <laughs> yeah, this is yeah that that one that one's got way more problems with it. And in this one, it's just like this is bog standard enemies to lovers or whatever. Like, who cares? All right, I've got one more for us, and it is not a romance related one. But it is maybe the best confession I've ever seen Googling these things. Sure. It's a picture of Hermione Mm. with her hair being blown majestically by, you know, a fan or whatever off screen. The first time I smoked weed, we didn't have any paper. (laughs) So we used page 111 of Harry Potter. (laughs) Of like which one? I assume just the first one. If they're just saying Harry Potter. I wonder what page that is. What's, I wonder if there's anything significant on that page or if they just ripped one out and, and rolled rolled one, you know? I mean, I think the only sin is that they didn't find a longer book to use page 420. <laughs> oh, shit. Fuck. You're right. How that's, they... like, that's, a, that's a minor sin. Though. That's a minor could've sin. Could have used 69. Yeah. Get a longer book. They could have gone. You're right. They could have gone for page 69 or they could have found a longer book and got page 420. So, I don't know. Page 111. It just seems like that that makes it at least believable, I think, because it just means that they just tore a random page out. Like, yeah, I like, don't think that works very well. Yeah, I, I, I feel like that would taste real that's, bad. That's like classic middle school <laughs> weed confession, though. <laughs> classic middle school weed story. Classic middle school. I mean, like, it's either that or like a worksheet that you finished earlier. Right. I mean, like, like. People just find any kind of paper to roll in <laughs> at yeah. that age. I I I believe this happened um, um, purely because they did not go the funny page the funny page number route. Right. That would have been fake, or at least embellished. Yeah. yeah this is real. This is <laughs> this is real, uh, and not a sin. 
because sm- uh, smoke, smoke them if you got them. That's what I say. That's what we yep. preach here at the Church mm-hmm. of Foodcast. All right. Well, I think that'll about do us for episode 100 of the shrieking shack what do you say we take it to the close sounds good all right our theme song is hot mcgonagall by cheshire moon huge thanks to them as always for letting us use it as our theme song you can check them out on Bandcamp, but you can check us out at patreon.com shriekcast where you can find so much exciting bonus content uh and as we were talking about earlier in the show hey Thanks for supporting us so we don't need to do shitty, boring ad reads for, uh, for I don't know, mail mail order cooking boxes or, or right. Audible or, or dick pills or whatever. We don't, we don't have to do any of that stuff because uh, we have a cool fan base. And uh, hey, what are we reading for episode 101? Uh, we're reading chapter 19. It's called Elf Tales. Will you please look at the picture? Oh, I have been looking at this. Let me tell you. I this, have, this is I our have, new segment because we always have to look at the picture now, and I can't believe this one. Yeah, I have been looking at this one and, t- and really soaking this one in for a long time. Creature, mm. creature is, 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 he's getting low. Dobby is, yeah. <laughs> Dobby's kind of doing a slav squat here, which I respect. Yeah, he is. Uh-huh. Um, and I will say, I am a big fan of uh of seeing Dobby with his with his hats. Me too. This is something that has been sorely missing from all the film adaptations of Dobby is is letting him wear his cool clothes. I love his hats. He's holding is he holding another hat in his hands there? Did he like take one off? Is yes. That, yeah, he's he took one off. Looks like he might it looks like he's about to throw it like a frisbee. I, I so here I can't tell whether this is them hiding like they're looking a little sneaky or is this them bowing and and dobby being polite and like taking the top like the top hat from the stack off that's really cute i love that i love dobby also most importantly you will notice that there is no horrible goatee on dobby here no he he is smooth (laughs) we we like a smooth dobby here on the shrieking shack that's right. I, I, the more I think about it, especially seeing this cute Dobby, I know I floated baby Dobby as, as the solution to mm-hmm. Harry Potter's problems, even before baby Yoda mm-hmm. became a thing. And mm-hmm. I really think that this is the two paths diverging in the woods. Like they could have made Dobby a cute little guy and they didn't. Yep, they really could have. He has a cool little hat. He has many hats. He has like rainbow colored clothes he could be such a he could be such a delightful little lad, but instead we I mean like I don't hate the movie design, but like it is a bummer when he shows up and he's still wearing like the burlap sack, you know? Like that's that 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 feels like a betrayal of his character, I think. I yeah, I just think they could have made him cute. They could have done it. But they didn't. And uh that's kind of <laughs> that's that's Harry Potter in a nutshell <laughs> to me. You could have done it, but you didn't. Yep. Well, I nearly said we'll catch you on the flip side, but instead I shall say, please read another book. Please read another book. Makes ocean rolls seem tame, but I know what you're after if you catch a eye. Cause this hot mama is just a cat in disguise.